Look at the adjective. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's a mastodon. It's fucking Vader! Hello and welcome to Look at the Adjective. We ain't here a podcast. We are, we are, we are, we are. I keep telling you we are. Don't turn off. I am Big Van John Mack and I'm joined by the Heartbreak Kid Mark Crowver. How are you doing, Sunshine? Ah, uh, not bad, mate. We're back. Same crew. Ready to ready to go, go down a different route, but I'm excited. Wonderful. So uh, the route we're going down is a, is a familiar route, first off. It's to that wonderful haven in the sun called Cretinville. <laughs> with this week's Cretin of the Week. So um, it's actually been quite a, quite a, well, I'd say not a Cretin heavy week, but a sweet spot of four. Um, you've got you've got a corker, haven't you, Sunshine? What, what, what have we got going on this week on the old uh, Cretin scale? Uh, well, our old mate's been up to his old tricks again. Uh, Which Mr. one, Gilberto? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a man that a man that you sort of banned yourself from uh, putting forward um, for this award, but that those stipulations did not apply to myself. Um, they did not. I um, I I just I just had enough of the absolute fucking mug. Can't stand him. <laughs> um, yeah. So old Disco Inferno is up to it again. He just he just cannot help put, help himself just put in his little two p in every so often. Um, he's basically put a tweet out on I think it was I think it was Friday might have been Thursday I can't remember exactly what it was. Um, he basically I mean in some aspects of it I do kind of agree with with a small portion of what he's saying, but the way he's just the way he got responded to was just too much. There's, there's, there's no way a man he takes it be. too far, doesn't he? Yeah, he said. He said in his tweet, uh, "Wrestlers and fans need to need to pull a full stop on this fat shaming bullshit. The wrestlers being fat shamed need to put the effort put the effort into the gym and diet instead of playing victim. Do the fucking work and stop embarrassing this industry." Right. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I get it. I get I kind of understand what what he's on about whereas like when you see someone who is a, like ridiculously out of shape you do you do sort of question but then you then you think of people that that have been genuine stars in professional wrestling like like Mick Foley like Dusty Rhodes you know I could go on those guys weren't fucking exactly body guys were they um and sure. they're some of the some of the biggest stars, stars you could sort of come across, um, and he sort of—I think he was alluding a lot to to people like Eddie Kingston, um, things like that, because um, a lot of people have a lot of stick for Eddie Kingston because of his his shape, um, yeah. which is which is harsh because that's sort of what makes him unique for me. Um, Definitely. So, yeah. um. Eddie Kingston's got a bit of free time on his hands at the minute because of his suspension. <laughs> but um he um he hopped on this pretty quick. Um a few hours later he responded uh to Glenn Gilberti and and quite frankly he should never he should never say anything bad about any wrestler again after this. 
Um, he will. <laughs> anything... He definitely will. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, he will. So he, he responds back to, to Glenn, uh, Glenn's tweet saying, you never did the work and the boys kept you around just to laugh at you. I remember hearing the story where Big Show farted in your face. You ain't no man. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's um, right about that. He's definitely one of them guys that, that like people kept around to just to tell the and stuff, from what I can gather anyway. I think it's just one of them where it's like, Glenn, just stop. You make it like you, you've got nothing to go off here, so just 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 quit it. Um, Eddie Kingston's pretty sharp with with stuff like this, anyway. So he was always, I would imagine, he was he was always going to bite back at some point. Uh, but it didn't take him long, and that's about as embarrassing a tweet you could ever be read about yourself. So um, my nomination goes to Glenn Gilberti just for his inability to just leave it off, leave it out, and just. Just it's commenting on a business that is, you know, people. There's, from what I can gather, nobody respects him in the business apart from Mr. Russo. That's it, really. <laughs> the, thing, the thing with his take is, if you had, if you had a hundred fucking Lex Luger's or whoever, do you know, like a body guys, it'd be shit. The whole, yeah. the whole point about wrestling's personality is, yeah, I get some people like to. Like look good and stuff. That's fine. You need you need the muscle guys, but you also need your Yokozunas. Exactly. You also need your Dusties. I mean, Dusty Rhodes had more charisma in his little finger than you know Disco Inferno's got in his whole body. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And some of these guys who were fat guys or whatever or bigger guys drew so much infinite more infinitely more money than Disco Inferno ever has ever will. Even in his dreams, do you know what I mean? It's just he's he's just a guy who just was there for a bit and didn't really do anything. And he thinks he's like some sort of authority on it. I mean, we're not an authority, obviously. We're just giving our opinion, and he's entitled to his opinion. But his opinion is usually fucking ridiculous because it's got no basis <laughs> yeah. to it. Do you know what I mean? There's no, you know, it's just ridiculous. Eddie King, Eddie Kingston's infinitely better than him and I'm not like a massive Eddie Kingston fan but he's infinitely better than Disco Inferno I'd, I'd watch uh, I'd watch a hundred Eddie Kingston matches before I watch one Disco Inferno match exactly By choice, I mean it's just like you wouldn't say this about like I mean he used to work underneath Dusty didn't he and you know what I mean like you wouldn't say Stuff like this about him, would you? I mean, I think I don't think Dusty's one of them who would give a fuck if anyone was slagging him off for his weight anyway. But I'm not. No, I'm not. He, I'm not so. You're sh- just taking to the pay window, Daddy. <laughs> I'm not so sure Eddie Kingston's bothered either. I think it's just like I think what he's sort of trying to is is these people that get offended by it. But that's just. Yeah. I mean, it, there's no need to comment on people's weight and appearance, is there? It's just there's no need for it, really. It's no, odd. Wrestlers should be all shapes and sizes. That's what makes it interesting. If you had, like I said, if you had hundred of the same looking guy, it'd just be wank. Yeah, you need you need different types of individuals, don't you? That's that's what makes it so interesting. Well, that's it. It's personalities, I guess. But um, yeah, he's he's an absolute moron. But we already <laughs> knew that, didn't we? So yeah. he just, yeah. you know, he's mo- he's moronity to coin a phrase, and his cretinity to coin another phrase are just exceeding. By, knows no bounds. Day. No, he knows no <laughs> bounds. He's he's got limit limitless uh, muppet tendencies, hasn't he? So, 
What have you got for us this week, though? Anyway, well, I've got three. Um, three. We have varying varying levels. Um, we'll start. We'll start small. This is just this is just a little thing. It just tickled me. It's uh, it's our, our good old friend, the work Jordy, and he's him taking thirty seconds to set himself up no. to uh, do <laughs> to do to do a moonsault on the uh, on the gun club. And who stood there and waited? So I don't, you know, I don't know who's, who's more cretinous, the gun club for standing there like Piffy on a rock bun, or you know, was it the gun club? He looked like it was. I mean, the green. It was not the young bucks. I thought it was the gun club. They had, they had blonde there and green sights. So anyway, whoever it, whoever it was, fuck's sake, terrible. You know I mean? Just, just, just give it a rest. If it's taking you thirty seconds to, to box that shit off and get your balance, just don't do it. <laughs> I know, I know. But you know, it's 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 only slightly cretinous. Um my second one is a guy who who is is a respected journalist. His uh his MMA journalism was supposed to be top notch, young uh, Ariel Helwani and his uh, top ten British wrestlers of all time. Now obviously this is subjective cretininity, but fuck me, mate, you've literally just put anyone who's wrestled for the WWF. <laughs> or WWE on it. It's it's like if you if you're talking about of all time, you've got to look at people who've had impact on the business. So you sort of Marty Jones, Mark Rocco, Dynamite Kid should be like in your top tier. They sort of invented that Marty Jones and Mark Rocco especially invented that sort of you know that uh so that style you see a lot today, British like style. Sort of, well, not yeah, sort of like, like incorporating a lot of Japanese stuff in it, and and a lot of like Danielson's kind of style, like quick, fast mm. stuff like that. Dynamite Kid took it to sort of Calgary. Obviously, his matches with Tiger Mask were revolutionary, you know, and its impact that's impacted on sort of North America, and then people like Billy Robinson and, and Davy Boy, who were big stars in North America. You know, Regal as well. Regal and Davey are probably on the same level. Davey was a bigger star, but Regal, you know, through his longevity, getting his face out there. But putting people like fucking Lord Alfred Hayes on there, right? Who was I don't even know who that Bobby. is. He was a commentator in WWF, right, in in the 90s. Um, but as a wrestler, he was called Judo Alf, Al Hayes. And it's like, he, he wasn't the best. Sticking, what was the full sticking... list? Read, read us the list, 10 to 1, just... Ten, big daddy, right. In terms of Britain, in terms of star power, he was the British Hulk Hogan. Do you know what I mean? He couldn't, he couldn't work a lick, but he was, he was massive, not literally and figuratively. Um, number nine, Nigel McGuinness. If you're talking about in ring, he's got to be up there. But you know, on a, on a, like an impact level, starting level, probably not. But he's, I mean, I love like Nigel McGuinness. I like ring, a bit Nigel McGuinness. I think he's superb. Number eight, Wade Barrett. No. Now, don't mind a bit of Wade Barrett, but, you know, he's... Honourable mention, though, isn't it? Yeah, his career's not been stellar, has it? He's not really done anything to warrant that. Some people Six. obviously rate him higher than we do. A lot of people rather get... Rather yeah, well. like I said, I've got no issue with him. I think he's a good good talent, you know what I mean? He's not bad on comms. He's, he's from Preston, so he's from my sort of neck of the woods in terms of northwest of England. Uh, Lord Alfred Hayes again was a commentator, backstage segment guy. Um, he was only he was a wrestler in England called Judo Al Hayes, and he was not very good. Number seven, Page. 
I've done six before seven, I know that. But um, yeah, number seven, Paige, don't get me wrong, big fan of Paige in the ring, great, but you know, short career, didn't really. On the star level, probably. Um, as, a, as a lady, you can't really argue with that. Is there any other... Well, she, 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 no, she's probably the biggest British wrestler, female wrestler going in terms of like that worldwide. Um, then you've got number five, Fit Finlay, can't argue with that. Cannot argue in terms of he's 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 a, he's a, he's a name, he's a face. Obviously, he's an art bastard as well, and he was quality in the ring. But in terms of like worldwide, he's, he's known. Number four, Drew McIntyre, to be that high up on the list, you know, I don't think he's right. He's 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 been the champion, but I think that, I think I think, he, I think he sort of automatically has to go quite high just because he's a British heavyweight. Champion and it's, big company. It all depends how you look at it. If, if in terms of stars, fair enough. But is he a bigger star than Davy? Davy was. You know, there was more people watching that shit when Davy was going. Do you know what I mean, Davy boy? Yeah, um, probably, probably not. Number three, Dynamite Kid. I think that's probably right. Two or three. Um, I'd I'd put Matt Rocco and Marty Jones above him in terms of you know impact on. On wrestling in in general, um, but Dynamite was more well known across the world in terms of he brought it to North America, whereas the other two guys stayed in England. Um, number two, Regal. I mean, you can't, you can't, you got Regal's got to be in the top ten. I'm not saying I don't think he should be number two, but he should be maybe four or five. Him and Finley, maybe Drew McIntyre six, and number one, Davy Boy. In can't terms argue of that, can you? It, it all depends what you're looking at it on. I mean, in terms of star, he's the biggest British star that's that's gone to America and you know worldwide star. Everybody knows the British knew the British Bulldog in the nineties. He was he was a household name. It's probably a bigger household name than Drew is now, right? Even though he didn't win the, the belt, kind of thing, he won the IC belt. But um, if you're talking about like impact on the wrestling business as a whole, I'd probably put him. You know, four, just five, to, six kind of thing. Just to chime in there as well, though, the the belt didn't get switched as much as it did as it does nowadays. So the chances no of him being a world champion at that time was was very, very rare. Um, and yeah, and then and then Billy Robinson, like Billy Robinson, should be in there as well for his impact on on world wrestling, like the Japanese stuff. And um, I mean, he was a he's from the Wigan Snake Pit, like proper shooter. Um, worked territories in America. You know, he brought all that kind of British style over. Um, in terms of impact on on the business as a whole, he's definitely up there with sort of Dynamite, Mike Rocco, and uh, Marty Jones in different styles, obviously. But you know, in terms of what they did to the business. But then on, on his honourable mentions, you got Gentleman Chris Adams. I mean, you know, he was a name in in Dallas. He wasn't like worldwide star. Giant Haystacks, our good friend Loch Ness. Um, again, massive, massive in England, massive in general, uh, in size. But um, you know, he did he did what two two pay per views maybe for WCW. Hundred pound lot less. That's it. Uh, Kendo Nagasaki was um, was an English guy who was, did like a Japanese gimmick in England. Again, not not a world thing. He's put all the WWF guys in his top ten. And then, do you like, think he's just googled like, like famous British wrestlers and gone that'll do? I'll just love them on there in some sort of order. Possibly, uh, he's got Mark Rocco and he's got 
Um, he's got Mark Rocco, but he's got no Marty Jones, which is weird. He's got Johnny Saint, the escapologist. Um, he's interesting. He's really cool to watch. But again, big in England, nowhere else. Robbie Brookside, great little wrestler. He's a trainer. Brookie. Brookie, Scouser as well, ironically. Brookside, mate. Um, but yeah, um, he's a trainer. But again, never big in worldwide. Um, Adrian Street. I suppose it's not a worldwide classic. list, though, is it? It's top 10 British wrestlers. Of, of no, no, time. but it, it's like, what's he basing it on? Star power? Because if you're going to go star power, you know, you've got, you, you put the guys that are on the TV. If you're going to go on impact on the business, it's completely out of out of whack. But then he's got like Klondike Kate, Mick McManus with his spray on Chris Collingwood hair, and, um, and Adrian <laughs> Street. Hollywood Chris Collingwood. Was, Hollywood Chris Collingwood, the leader of the uh, the real NWO. <laughs> nah, to be uh, fair, I, I think Eric Hilwani, he works with like BT or something, doesn't he? They've just gone to him. Yeah, Ari, will stick a list together with five minutes out there. Was, yeah. And he's just I know, but it's, I don't think he's I don't takes... think he's got into like the the it the ins and outs of like he's just he just lob like people he knows from TV on there, I think by the looks of it. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But you know, it's sort of it knocks his his credibility a little bit, you know what I mean? Because obviously you're going to get knobheads like me who just pick holes in it. And do you know what I mean? It's like if you're going to do one, just just do it properly. Do I didn't even I mean? know he was doing wrestling these days. I always thought he was just purely MMA. No, he's been doing a bit of wrestling, yeah. But um, yes, uh, Ariel, it's nowhere near credit. It's a subjective thing, anyway. I just wanted to bring it up because it, it, it got my goat a little bit. <laughs> But you know, mm. I do. I, do, I am a fan of Ariel Hawani. He's uh, he's pretty decent. But my third and final. You've you've had his mate. We've had his mate. Now we're going for the king of cretininity, the Lord Emperor, flipping fleet admiral of knobbedness. Oh, Vince Russo's back. He's back. Oh, he's back. I've heard from him the in a he- while. I know the headline being. Do you remember a couple of? Do you remember a couple of months ago when? Um, he was begging for a job. Yeah, well, he said he said that Vince McMahon had asked him to consult, and then a WWE spokesperson said he keeps begging for a job, right? Yeah. So this is his new one. Apropos of nothing, straight out of nowhere, Randy Orton style. Uh, <laughs> the headline being: Vince Russo claims he secretly consulted for the USA Network on WWE Raw. Yeah, of course he did, Vince. He's been, remember, he's been slagging the products off for fucking years, right? I mean, we all have, but still. Okay, Vince Vince Russo has made the astonishing claim that he secretly worked as a consultant for the USA Network on matters regarding Raw. Outspoken wrestling veteran. It's a bit of a stretch. <laughs> Vince Russo has claimed that the USA Network hired him in the lead-up to WrestleMania 36 in 2020 as a consultant on Raw, Russo, and then it's like Russo was the head writer or whatever. Uh, speaking on his podcast, The Brand, right? Just an aside, calling your podcast The Brand, cock. Um, Russo alleged that he held the consultant position for two years until just after WrestleMania 38 in April 2022 and received a lucrative deal. Fuck off. Fuck off. Around about, around about the time you were begging for a job again. What What the fuck? No, exactly. This is from inside the ropes, and they're usually pretty spot on. Kenny McIntosh does a good job. Um, he's got. I've got a quote from him. Do I do it? Yeah, go on. Do the voice. 
<laughs> I can't do the voice. I can do, I can do the bro. I swear to God. And I sound like Mayor Quimby again. Um, I've been keeping a little secret for the last two plus years, and I want to come clean, probably because you've got to <laughs> talk about this week. Well, bro, I'm going to break the news to you on this show. <laughs> I have not said this publicly, publicly before. From March, pre-WrestleMania, bro, it was right before WrestleMania in 2020 until this past Mania in 2022. So basically, bro, I was consulting for the USA Network for two years, bro. The USA Network paid me very, very, very well. Okay, Vince Russo went on to assert that he contacted the vice president of USA Network directly and Vince McMahon was aware of Russo being hired. So why would why would you ask the WWE for a job and why would Vince McMahon peck your head to consult if you're already fucking consulting for the network? Penis. Absolute penis. Now, if you want to know how this came about, let's take a couple of steps back and I'll explain it to you. I got in contact with the vice president at the USA Network who was overseeing Raw. He knew who I was. Called me back immediately and we had a long discussion. So the first thing he did was he went directly to McMahon. As for why he's coming clean on this now, Vince Russo says it's simply so that people are aware he knows what networks are looking for from experience. Yeah, do, do, you know what, do you know what the funniest thing about this, though? Do you know what the funniest Every, thing about it, right? Everything. One, one, he's bullshitting. Two, if if miraculously he isn't, he's overseen probably the worst two years in the history of WWF as a consultant. I don't know. See, I saw some of his fucking booking in the nineties. It was abysmal. <laughs> in terms of like business, though, like low, ratings have never been lower than that, and and the product was really bad. Like it, it's nothing. It, it's nothing to be proud of consulting on that that Raw show for the last two years. It's only just got somewhat palatable the last last few weeks since Helmsley took over, and even I won't stick it on. But it's he's just been slagging them off for years. He's been slagging them off for years, and if you're consulting on that thing, you're just mugging yourself off. He talk he talks absolutely shite out of his ass. He's horrendous. What a grand fucking penis this man is! What an absolute fucking you know walking abortion of a human being. Shocking. You know, I don't know. He's just—he's literally—he's like—he's like Disco Inferno. They're the fucking two pieces from the same pod. They just have to scratch and claw and pull random bullshit out of their asses just to get attention. It's ridiculous. And then dickheads like me and you give him it, but you know, still, it's yeah, it's but that, gives us something to slag off, doesn't it? <laughs> it's that ridiculous that. It's just—it's just a parody now, isn't it? It's just—it's just ridiculous. It's no. I don't know anyone who can take him seriously. I don't think many yeah. do, to be honest. Apart from his mates, whoever they are in business these days, but um not many, I would have. Yeah. That's it, I think. I don't I don't know if anyone else has anything positive to say about him, <laughs> to be honest. Um, um not many, not many at all. Uh, so I think it's a toss up between uh the, the, the two bros, bro. It's gotta go Russo. Has to go to Russo. Yeah, I mean, this goes is is stupid. He's just he's just doing it. But Russo comes out with like these massive claims that he just cannot back up, and everybody knows. Half expecting, 
like a source from USA Network to come out saying this this story is un, unfounded, uh, you know, and all this in the next few days. It'll just be so funny if that happens. <laughs> but even even if what he says was true about McMahon wanting him to be a consultant and him consulting for USA, no fucker wants to be associated with him. They just know so. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He would anyway because he's that he's that much of a a cancer in general. He's like he's got such a bad reputation. No fucker wants it. Yeah, but he booked the attitude here, mate. Oh, yeah, he's responsible for everything. Absolutely. <laughs> he's, he's responsible for Crash Holly versus fucking Hardcore Holly in a supermarket <laughs> or whatever they did. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, so uh, we we got to go Roos, don't we? Have to. This is, uh, this is his second win, I do believe. And to be fair, he's done well to only win two. You see, no, the thing with Russo is he keeps quiet for a bit, but when he when he does it, he does it fucking proper. He doesn't <laughs> he don't fuck about with his cretin behaviour. It's like he's been building that storyline for two months, then he just like just like planning it in his head just to come clean on the podcast. <laughs> this is how I wrote the attitude era, slow burning, <laughs> slow burning gimmicks. Oh dear. Jesus. So uh Vince Russo, two time winner of Cretin of the Week. You are Hall of Fame bound. <laughs> oh God! Well, anyway, on to the the uh, the main subject matter. Um, taking a trip down to Vince's land this week, aren't we? Um, SummerSlam nineteen ninety six. Um, we're live from Cleveland, Ohio. The monsters. They wear many masks in our world. Some are deranged, psychotic beings, unaware of the insanity that festers within. Others are brutal, ruthless assailants, executioners of a sinister plan. The monster slayers. They too are varied and unique. Shawn Michaels yields 200 pounds to the beast known as Vader. But he counters with guile, superb athleticism, and the courage of a gallant champion. And then there's the Undertaker, the mysterious light in a world of darkness. To exorcise the demon mankind, he cannot rely upon convention. In this cold, unforgiving battleground, he must embrace the horror to defeat it. For the monsters to be abolished, David must slay Goliath. The Reaper must claim another damned soul. But good doesn't always triumph over evil. Sometimes victory eludes heroics. Sometimes the horror lives on. Uh, anyway, so um, we get we start off with a black and white for, uh, black and white video package um, saying that Taker and Michaels are. Um, Monster Slayers, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, I was under the impression that Undertaker was supposed to be a dead man, so what's he supposed yeah. to be? <laughs> I, I, think um, a, I think he's a metaphorical Slayer. He's not, he might <laughs> even be in the band Slayer, we just don't know. <laughs> um, after that package, uh, we're greeted by the screeching sc- screams of Vince McMahon. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm sort of waiting for the day where he's taken off commentary when we can do this. I always forget that he, he used to do commentary at this point. 
He's bloody, he's bloody awful on commentary. Got about a year in the base after the screw job, isn't it? He's bloody shit at commentary, though, isn't he? He really is. Yeah, he's he's poor. I mean, that intro package. Did you think it was a bit pony, or did you like it? I thought it was a bit more professional than the WCWs, especially the Hog Wild one and uh, the Bash yeah, of the Beach one. Yeah, I mean, it, it was better than WCW, especially that uh, the one. Do you remember the one at Bash of the Beach where it was like elevator music with all like the newspaper clippings and stuff? That was terrible. That one. Yeah, it was dreadful. But I didn't think this one was like. I didn't think this one was amazing. It was like the music felt like dead upbeat for like the tone it was going for. It didn't quite match. Um, yeah, I, I didn't think it was bad. I thought it was all right. It's all about the good triumphing over evil, you know, typical WWF like babyface shit. From beautiful, historic Cleveland, Ohio, home of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Majestic Jacobs Field. And the spectacular new Gundarina. Super Size Stridex Pads presents SummerSlam. Perfect in JR. Indeed, it's the hottest night of World Wrestling Federation action in the whole summer in history, likely to be made here tonight. You talk about history. Shawn Michaels tonight, I believe, will lose the World Wrestling Federation Championship to the man they call Vader. And I can't wait. The boiler room. I'll tell you something, Shawn Michaels has been living a dream, and it's going to be a nightmare for either The Undertaker or mankind. I got to think it's going to be a nightmare for both. They'll never be the same after tonight. Indeed, there's a, what an electric feeling here in this capacity crowd, anticipating the arrival. Here he comes now on the very first match of Tommy Omega on his way. Um, so, yeah, we get McMahon, but luckily we've got JR and luckily we've got Mr. Perfect. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was sponsored by Stridex Pads, <laughs> like which I'm, 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 I'm led to believe are sanitary products. Um <laughs> It was brief. What a sponsor. Well, exactly. It was brief, which is is different from our usual Tony Schiavone, Larry Zabisco lengthy diatribes. Uh, they put over Michael's big, obviously Vince, especially. Yeah. Um, they put over Vader as well, and they put over the uh, boiler room brawl. Um, it's a lot more succinct and to the point than WCW. <laughs> yeah, but it's a pay per view, isn't it? So it's going to be different than TV. Um, so that the sort of I, 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 know you, I know what you mean. They do tend to go on a little bit, don't they, on WCW? But it was sort of. I think they were. I think they were trying to peddle like more of a wrestling product, weren't they? At this time, from what I can gather, from just watching this show alone, like it was more like more about the in ring at this time for WWF. Um, I don't know. They still had some of the daft gimmicks and stuff, didn't they? So it was like it's a bit of a weird. I think the sort of transitional period. Transition period, yeah. Yeah, it's one of them, and it's like they've got like like the daft like farmers and stuff like that still on the show, but they're sort of trying to transition out of it a little bit. Um, Mister Perfect, I was quite pleased to see him on commentary. To be fair, that was a nice little surprise. Um, yeah, last time they had Owen, Owen on commentary, didn't they? Do they just sort of have like a guest on every time, or is it just if like Kings in a match or something? Or no, the Owen one was because he was quote unquote injured. Yeah. And he was, he was great. He was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, he was really good really on comms. 
and, and perfect like retired apparently like he, he had one of them right. Lloyds of London deals didn't he where he got his in, uh, insurance injury like the, all the sort of Minnesota guys had him like Rick Rude and LOD and stuff um, but yeah then we get um, get an interesting opener uh, we get old Savio Vega versus the uh, the Black Heart the Rocket Owen Hart and I've been mm. chomping at the bit to see some Owen because uh, as you well know I'm a huge Owen Hart fan Yes, obviously. Um, to be honest, I've not. I don't know too much about old Savio Vega. If I'm going to be really honest with you, um, he's all right. He's decent, so decent enough. I, I wasn't. I didn't really know what to expect from this one. Um, but I thought it was quite a fun opener. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I quite. I quite enjoyed it. I mean, it comes out to the classic. You know, you're slightly not white, so have some racist music. So he gets he gets like a, a sort of Latini Latino sort of Cuban like music yeah. and then um, and then he's built from New York salsa music and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, he's from he's, he's Puerto Rican, I think. But like legitimately Puerto Rican, born and raised there. Why build him from fucking New York and give him shocking fucking music? I mean, he's, he has uh... a. Hori- it's well, the baby face. <laughs> they don't want to well, suddenly yeah, get yeah. foreign. <laughs> Dreadful. Um, no USA chance, though, which is always nice because neither yeah. are American. Uh, <laughs> horrific waistcoat on Savio. Absolute horrific waistcoat. <laughs> Owen's, Owen's music. Owen's music's superb as well. I love Owen's music. Great. Um, and then JR dropped a mad shot reference in there. I thought, I thought it was only Nash who dropped them. Um, See, it's not just Nash. Nineteen ninety six. She must have. She must have done something. She must have done <laughs> she something must have. with the old just uh, in the news. Cleveland Reds or whoever it was. Um, <laughs> Owen looks mint. He's got his slammy with him and his arm in plaster still, which is obviously his Bob Bob Orton uh, Junior gimmick. Longest injury um, of all time, Vince says. It's not Bob Ar- Bob Orton Junior had a cast on his for about four years. Um, he rips the then, uh, on stand. Go on, sorry. Uh, Perfect had a good response to that from Vince. Though. He just said, oh, well, he just keeps re injuring it every time he's on the road and in these matches. So I thought that was a really fun, exactly. fun response. <laughs> he rips the sign, which is absolute classic. Love that. Proper proper good heel, Owen Hart, he really is. Um, Perfect put, puts over Owen's bravery with his arm, which makes me <laughs> laugh. They're like campmates, aren't they? Didn't they used to be like in coots with Cornette and stuff? Perfect, didn't Well, you yeah. had that thing at King of the Ring where he was a guest referee, didn't you? Well, and then he was on the outside, yeah. So, br- yeah, briefly, but, you know, they're both mm. heels. It's just that heel, heel sort yeah. of brotherhood, didn't it? Uh, JR says uh, he could have had a bone marrow transplant by now with his, the, the time it's taken <laughs> for his arm to heal, which is quite funny. No Cornette. Which was uh, which which was a, a, a sort of overarching sort of theme through throughout the show um, to make out like he's got to get Vader ready for his big match, which you know is fair. It makes sense. Um, they showed that as well, didn't they? they? Showed like a double feature with like Cornet like psyching yeah. him up in the back and stuff. That was great. Shad- shadow boxing and lifting like <laughs> dumbbells and stuff. Um, Owen goes to Lamp Vega from behind, but Timmy White stops him. The the recently departed Timmy White, you know. Yeah, what a guy! What a guy! Um, Savio goes to work. Owen's uh, arm, and then there's a nice leapfrog spot. Owen woos and gets his arm rammed into the turnbuckle. Love that bit of a bit bit flary, but it was cool. 
there's a lot there's a lot of cornet talk like they keep going on about cornet not being there um vader uh, vega vader vega <laughs> vega misses <laughs> vega misses a leg drop oh he misses his axe handle uh, and then he's straight back to the arm it was obviously obviously it's the psychology of working the injured arm however not fucking injured so it is quite comical uh, backstage yeah like back backstage has just put the double feature cornets with vader Really sort of nice. Um, did you see that choke slam type type move that Savio did with he was like using his arm and sort of elevating him and then dropping him? Well, yeah, that was quite nice. interesting. It's almost like something DDP would probably do. Um, yeah, the, the pace ups and he starts bumping, bumping for Vega Owen. Um, like it was a nice monkey flip. There was two arm drags by Savio, uh, six, 6.5 on the steamboat. Not too bad. Not um, too bad. Oh, Oh, he's just great bumping and selling. He's just he's wonderful. Uh, he does Brett's, Brett's turnbuckle bump into a roll for two. Uh, Savio goes into the post and Owen goes for the shoulder with the kicks, which is great psychology again. He's at his shoulder, he goes straight for it. Uh, puts him in a submission hold. Um, and even when the hold's broken, Owen still keeps hold of the arm. Then he, arm bar, then he does an arm bar takedown. I just thought it was lovely. It's really, mm. really smart work. Um, Savio, the baby face, then bites him. Bites him on the thigh, doesn't he? Or the, the hamstring or something. I thought it was on his ass, to be fair, but you was know, no his... DQ. <laughs> it was somewhere in the never region, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Just, just weird. I just thought, you know, it's, it's not just WCW. I have no fucking consistency. Um, well, yeah. So he ties, up, he ties up Vega in the ropes and then he starts to work the arm again. Like basically, that's why it's tied up in the ropes. Clarence Mason rocks up, uh, the, the solicitor, or lawyer, the whatever, lawyer, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then they're sort of doing this whole is he is he coming here to take over Cornet's thing? And it's like, well, I'd have thought he was just there to he's part of Camp Cornet, right? So, yeah, um, it does a cross, nice cross body by Savio. Owen hits the Insigori, uh, Vince's first what a maneuver of the night. Do his voice, go on. Try to do the voice. No, because I just coughed by doing it then. What a maneuver! I don't know. Pal. Um, <laughs> pal. Pronouns, pal. Um, Owen pins for two. Um, foot on the ropes. Celebrates like he's won, which was funny as fuck. Um, spinning wheel kick by Owen for two, which is that was absolutely beautiful. Uh, big spinning kick by Savio, and to be fair, Savio hangs with him in that in that sort of thing. I thought mm. nice, nice little Savio spinning kick, atomic drop, clothesline. Owen backs off, um, slams him with a, leg, with a leg drop by two for two by Vegas. Sorry, neck breaker counter by Owen, missile drop kick for two. Owen goes and goes and gets crotched with a kick by Savio, back suplex to Owen, but Vega catches his head on Owen's uh, cast. Owen plays possum and uh, removes the cast. Blocks Savio, uh, clocks Savio with it, sorry, puts it back on. Sharpshooter just to make it look legit. Uh, nice, li- I just thought it was a nice little opener. Owen's just fucking phenomenal and, and Savio did his bit too. And then we get a bit of afterbirth. What did you reckon? Yeah, like I said before, it was a good, nice opening contest with two pretty Obviously, I, I don't. I've never really seen Savio before. Obviously, Owen Hart's about as as good as it gets in ring, technical, whatever you want. Pretty much, um, you know, he, he makes everyone. You can imagine that everyone like loved working with him. 
I know he's obviously oh, yeah. apparently apparently he was a bit of a menace backstage with like his ribs and stuff like that. But when you step in that in, ring, in the best probably, way, yeah. Um, when he steps in that ring, he's professional. He's going to get he's going to get the match. He's probably going to make the match the match as best as it can be. And I think that's probably I think that's probably getting the best out of old Savio. Um, he looked pretty good in there. Um, first time I've seen him, and then I wouldn't mind watching a match of his again. Yeah, he's um, decent. You get, you get, he has a feud with Austin, which is which isn't too bad. Mm, okay, that could be interesting. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was good. I mean, like the, the the stuff with like the with Owen's arm and stuff like that was good. Like it was sort of like it's a natural target, but we we sort of know as viewers that he's played up to it, don't we? So it's like well, when's it, it yeah. coming to when's it going to come into play? When's it going to come into play and all that. I thought the last five minutes were, were really good, just up until the finish, which had a small gripe yeah. with. Because um, I thought the pace quick, like went up just a couple of notches, not too much. Yeah. But, but it was just about right. And it was sort of matching move for move, which was good. Um, obviously, Owen Hart had to win. I've got no problems with that. But the ref was looking right out the cast, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, um, it was his uh, classic WCW trope. I think it's just it's um, trope, isn't it? I'm not. I'm. I, I'll slag off WCW for it doing it, and I'm also going to slag off WWF for doing it as well. Give him something well, to look so. at instead, for God's sake. He's looking bang on at it as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, whatever. That's just. That's just how it is, isn't it? And then, I mean, if if they'd have done that bit where the ref was looking at like the lawyer or something or something like that. Then he gets yeah, in like yeah, yeah. the sharp the sharpshooter to like to make out like he's really done him in. That'd have been really good, but they just I don't know if it was a little mess by the mess up by by the guys in the ring or the referee, I don't know. But other than that, it was a good match, fun, nice opener. I enjoyed it to be fair. I really did. Yeah, and then we get um JBL rocking up old Justin Hawk Bradshaw with his uh, long blonde Luke Lex Luger haircut. And just uh, and he comes out with a uh, Dutch Mantel, Zeb Coulter, whatever you want to call him. Was he there as well? Uncle's, yeah, with a big flipping Yosemite Samtash. Oh, yeah. Uncle Zebakaya at the time. Um, he rants something inaudible at the commentary desk and uh, Lamps Savio, which I thought was a bit, bit shit. Big shit. Bit a bit shit. I cannot talk again this week, Christ. What's up with me? Um, yeah, what the fuck was he even saying? I couldn't. It was it was inaudible. I couldn't hear what he was he was saying. He was like shouting at Bang Man. It was like it was weird. No, it's like he was on our podcast or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, a bit odd that one. It? it just sort of it, it did. It felt really random because like, is that a feud or something? Was he in a feud with Savio or was that? I think it's just a, a random beginning to a feud with Savio. <laughs> Bit of a shit start to then, isn't it? Um, yeah. And then we get um, get a bit of backstage, the backstage with Todd Pettingale. Guys, thank you. Obviously, that was disturbing to see. And you want to talk about disturbing? You want to talk about ominous? This is totally freaky. I am in the boiler room, and this is where the Undertaker and mankind will do battle. There are no rules in this matchup. Anything goes. Anything is likely to happen. The only thing you have to remember is the first person that gets possession of that urn will be victorious. And I'll tell you, it is, it's dark and ominous, and there are things 
in here. There are pipes. There are towels. There's no place like home, Todd. There's no place like home for knowledge and discipline. There is no place like home. But as much as I love every square inch within these hallowed halls, it's hard to leave because destiny awaits on the other side. Was he licking that thing? But as for you, dead man, take this simple warning. Do not come in here because outside the walls awaits you a fate worse than death and a possible course of events that could alter the future of all mankind. Have a nice day! Um... He was showing us where Taker and Mankind will be facing off later on for the Boiler Room match. Um, the the rules are a bit odd for this match. I don't know what you think. Um, so they start in the Boiler Room and then they, the men who have a scrap in there for like 20 minutes <laughs> and then whoever whoever gets the urn, which is in the ring, wins the match. Just, yeah, you just, you just go straight for the door, wouldn't you? Yeah, like, why are you even fighting in there? Just run straight to the ring. Um, <laughs> and then Todd finds Mankind just chilling in the dark in there, <laughs> um, which is quite odd. <laughs> and to be I'm fair, sure, Mick thought, Foley. Yeah, I thought it was just a great unhinged promo, don't you? Yeah, like, yeah Mick Foley, you believe for every second of that promo that he's an absolute, like, escaped mental patient or something. He's just... 100%. He's, He's insane. Um, Mick Foley's fucking great. He doesn't get anywhere near enough credit as he should do for me. No. Um, um, I mean, old Todd, old Todd Pettinzu, um is in the boil. Like, like I said, he's in the boiler room and he's going on how disturbing and om- om- ominous it is and like, anything goes and you have to get the end to win. And it's just like, what? It just makes absolutely no sense. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he, th- he says... He says that more like a proper moronic comment. He says there are things in there, like like pipes and a towel. I'm like, what? Very <laughs> ominous. Them a towel shitting me, shitting me pants. Um, I thought Todd, Todd Pettinzu is 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 useless, and I thought Foley was great. <laughs> Who the hell's Todd? Who is Todd anyway? I've never seen him before. Todd Petting Zoo, or Petting Gill, but Cornet calls him Todd Petting Zoo in promos, and it just, I just think it's really fucking funny. So, um, it was like a New York uh, radio DJ, and they just fucking give him a job, and he was getting like stupid money for doing barely anything because he was a legit personality, and Kevin Dunn liked him. Cause and they got rid of Gene. They got rid of Gene for that. Yeah, well, I think Gene, no, I think Gene went because they were offering him absolute fucking bank. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> big, big, big money. Same with Heenan. Um, and then we get the uh, a, a tag title four way elimination match. Oh, this is going to be shit. We've got um, we've got the new rockers of uh, Marty Janetti and Leaf Cassidy versus the Smoking Guns, Billy and Bart with Sonny, the Godwins of uh, Henry O and Phineas I. 
with Hillbilly Jim and Skip and Zip the Body Donners. <laughs> um, to be fair, the best part about the match was just being able to have a little little viewing of Sunny. She's absolutely divine, isn't she? At this point, <laughs> oh, she's point, a horrible, yeah. horrible cunt now. <laughs> you can't change. You can't change history. Um, <laughs> no, you can't. Most downloaded woman on AOL at the time, I do believe. Well, that's not a surprise, is it? Let's be honest. Um, Didn't have really much. Her and Pamela Anderson, it was about, that was about it. Oh, Yasmin Bleef, obviously. Yasmin Bleef, the goddess. <laughs> um, Godwins are coming down with like animals galore at the state, like a ringside. One's got a pig. One's got like a little flappy-haired dog. Just random, in it? <laughs> and they, you can hear the pigs like squealing and stuff. It's so, so weird. Um, I don't understand why anyone thought that was a good idea to put that as a tag team. But but for some reason they're over as fuck. Oh yeah, massively. But it's like you'll always get Vince McMahon doing that stupid hillbilly gimmick. He's obsessed with it. It's weird. I don't know why. Give him wait till wait till I can't remember if, if it's been or we get to see it. They do like a hog pen match with Helmsley. We might it might have been um, and like Helms. It's in pig feces. It's like and Helmsley like cuts his back or something. And gets backdropped into pig shit. And it's like setting a shot for uh, Mr. Helmsley, please. Fucking <laughs> hell. It it's, can't it's, have been real shit, though. Well, it certainly looked like shit. It was, it was mud, <laughs> at least. Do you know what I mean? And that's, that's all sorts of microbes in it. So, But um, <laughs> we get, uh, first off, we get the, uh, the new rockers, where. Please tell me when, Mark, anything that has the word new in front of it in wrestling has ever been good? The new day? No, like, I mean, like, the new version. Like, oh, right, the, yeah. The, the new new day, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it's not a great success rate, is it? Let's be fair. Um, the new Didn't they do a new Midnight Express or something like that? Yeah, Bodacious Bart and fucking Boring Bob or something. I can't remember what it was. So yeah, yeah, it's not uh, it's not got a good strike rate, has it? <laughs> so a uh, problematic lunatic Marty Genetti comes out with uh, with his new mate uh, Leaf Cassidy. To... Did you did you not think they looked a bit like you know in Naughty Professor where he's watching like the 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 aerobics like video that the gear they had on just reminded me of that. <laughs> you make you make so many Naughty Professor references. It's a film I've never seen, I'll be honest with you. But You've never seen The Nutty Professor? Why would I? I'd rather watch good it's Eddie Murphy mint. films. It's mint. Which one? Meet the Clumps or the first one? No, the first, the first one. Or the, oh yeah, obviously the first one. Absolute, you know, Stone Cold classic, but Meet the Clumps, oh, it just lost its uh, lost lost that sort of intensity that the first one had. So you have, you have seen it? I thought, fuck, I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> I probably, no, I probably have it. seen it. I probably have seen Funny. it in like on in the background, or you know, when when I was younger. But yeah, I can't believe you've never seen that. That's unbelievable. That it's absolutely if class. Watched, if I watched Beverly Hills Cop, or it's it's Eddie Murphy at his finest. Is it? Is it, it honestly, really? Honestly, it's world class. I urge you to watch it. <laughs> well, I'll have to look into that. Obviously. I'll have to, I, I owe you one after after my Pulp Fiction recommendation. Yeah, exactly. You know, I wouldn't say it's on that level. I wouldn't say it's on that level. Like, <laughs> but, not, um, not yeah. much is to be fair. 
So Leif Cassidy, the future Al Snow, rocks up um, to that absolute belting rockers theme tune. Love that. Uh, Cassidy looks ridiculous as a dancing baby face, and he's doing these weird. I thought, what the fuck is he doing? Um, Candido, Skip, and Pritchard, Zip. Uh, they come down. Dreadful gimmick. Absolutely dreadful gimmick because both are decent. Like Chris Candido, superb, and Tom Pritchard is really, really, really good. And he was great but, in the, uh, the Heavenly that. Buddies. It's Bruce Bruce Pritchard's brother, yeah, but infinitely more likable, uh, infinitely more talented. And yeah. uh, he was a fan, he was a good, he was a really good, solid wrestler, great in the heavily bodies, and he's a really good trainer. Had a handy training the Rock and stuff like that, um, and Kurt Angle. So um, Candido's in a neck brace, hence why we don't get to see him. Was um, that legit? In, I think so. Yeah, he injured his neck. Well, he actually say he, he fractured his fifth vertebrae. So uh, uh, the garden, and then these fucking Godwins. He fucking Vince bums it like he loves this shit. He he's giddy, giddy with excitement, man. Um, that Henry Godwin though is a legitimate beast. He's an absolute monster yeah, when he gets going. Boy. And like you said, like a dog and a pig, dog and a pig for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's random, isn't it? <laughs> so then we get our good friends Bart Gunn and Daddy Ass come down. Daddy ass, scissor me, scissor me, daddy. Um, with a vehicular menace, Sonny. <laughs> but, but, Billy screams into the camera. I thought this will be crap, but uh, body donors and Ginetti are very good. Like, as much as like Ginetti's like a proper problem, never going to see anything of them in this type of match, are you? Know, that's the problem. No. Um, so what did what did you think? Now we've uh, we've got the entrances out of the way of Billy Gunn's fucking curtains. Jesus, it was fucking shit, mate. He's <laughs> doing honest. Billy Gunn hair right now. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's like, it, it like Stephen Gately had been reincarnated. It was fucking appalling. Um, woeful match. Absolutely woeful. Um, <laughs> yeah. I hate these matches. Uh, we, I, the amount of times we've had to watch elimination tag matches over the last however many times we've reviewed oh. WCW or whatever, even in they AEW, are, they they are the poorest of piss, aren't they? It's so <laughs> shit. They make like the, I, I get bored of saying the same thing. They make no sense. They make absolutely no sense. Um, at one point, at one point, they were like. They tagged in both the smoking guns and they were like, well, they've got to fight. They have to fight. They have to fight each other. And it's like, no, no they, they don't. don't. They don't. And then they proved that about five seconds later and just tagged someone else. And it was like, what the fuck is going on here? Uh, the commentators don't even know what they're going on about. How, how are we supposed to follow it as fucking viewers? Um, and in terms of in terms of the match, I mean, it was just, it was just really poor. Like, there was... Like the old Godwins were like pretty much ever present in the match. To be fair, um, like you said, um, that Henry Godwins is he's, he's a bit of a. He's, he reminds me a little bit, a little bit of um, Brody Lee. Um, you know um, what was he called in Luke, Luke Harper? WWF. He's got he's got vibes of him. From, to be fair, he's a bit of a freight train when he gets going. Um, Make sure you spell his name right, though. 
<laughs> Paul, oh God. Paul, Cal- Paul Calisto didn't, and you know he got he got the wrath <laughs> by Jericho and and the and his wife. Yeah, oh, oh, correct. Really fucked him over there. To be fair, <laughs> yeah, bless him. So obviously, J O N. He's not the actual. He's not the usual spelling of the of the word John. It's J O H N. So obviously, poor autocorrects. Obviously, done him an absolute shocker there, and he's just got pelters for it. There was, I felt bad for the kid. Really, that was so unnecessary, wasn't it? Um, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of arm drags at one point by I think it was Zip. Any 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 ratings on them? Let me just check. Uh, Eight point fives. Eight point five. Yeah, Tom Pritchard. Tom Pritchard is is an absolute classic worker. You know, everything he does is decent. He's not a, he's not like a mega star. Do you know what I mean? He's just a solid, top notch yeah. like in ring guy, and he's he's got a lovely arm drag on him. Really, as we, as we say on the arm drag scale, anything above eight's a bonus. So it is. It's just like just eight. like the, the four, four stars, mate. <laughs> um. Crowd's not really into this match. I think it. I think it's quite evident. Um, Nobody is. It's just the type of match. Uh, these matches, uh, unless you unless you're in an AEW like massive like mark crowd like buzzing for like flips and tricks when everyone's in the ring, these matches yeah. ain't getting over. They're, they're terrible. Um, it's like it's like attention deficit disorder in a ring. Yeah, it's like there's too much going on. You can't you can't make some any semblance of you know, sense to it, it's mad. Yeah. It, Zip gets uh, gets to the point where I think Zip, was it Zip? Yeah, it must have been because because Chris Candido didn't get in, did he, with his neck? Uh, he gets tripped. Billy covers him. That's them gone. Barely did anything. Um, Rockers come in for the first time. They're quite fired up. Um, there was a slight alliance between the guns and the Rockers at one point. It didn't last long, as it tends to not. Um Janetti gets flipped into the ring by his own tag team partner, from what I could gather, and then gets pinned. Yep. But he wasn't the legal man. No, unless that flip counts as a tag, that shouldn't have that shouldn't have happened. Um, that was absolute nonsense. That, um, and it just it just fed into this match. I was hating it. I was like, I was watching, just going, this needs to end now. Yeah, it's boring, <laughs> fuck, mate. Honestly, it was. I mean. There's some nice bits on commentary we were putting over that Pillman was on, uh, like the radio, WWF radio or something, and just putting out over how unpredictable he was. Um, my biggest note was uh, how fucking skinny Billy Gunn was compared to how jacked he is now at nearly 60 years old. It's fucking yeah. ridiculous. Substance abuse will do that, won't it? <laughs> well, allegedly. Um <laughs> You see, they have like the rockers and the guns have the stupid argument, and then they do this like comedy Mr. Bean shit. And then they, they do the slop drop, which is essentially Sting's fucking Scorpion Death Drop. Yeah. That just makes Sting's Scorpion Death Drop look shit. Uh, <laughs> this is, I just put this is actually wank. It's genuinely tedious. And <laughs> there was there was nice power uh, by Henry Godwin. He, caught, he catches Billy Gunn, um, a hot tag. On, on, on the weaker side of hot uh, by Phineas, slop drop to Billy, Sonny distracts him, uh, Bart's on the top rope, axe handle for a free, axe handle for a free. 
That's shocking, that. Fuck. Terrible, isn't it? Um, Shit match. Weak finish. Um, and then Sonny, Sonny cuts a promo. Which was decent. Well, she then, she says, saying they're all fat, basically. And uh, <laughs> and then she drops a photo of herself, which makes her look about 10 years older than she does in the ring currently. She looks... It wasn't a very, like... I thought it was going to be, like, a... Like a bikini little, shot or something. Yeah, like yeah, like one of them like proper like indu- self indulgent like bikini shoots or something like that. She's just like chilling in like a white Sweater. shirt or something, wasn't she? <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit it was a bit weird, like. Um any any additional thoughts to that promo? It was quite it, it was the only bit of personality in the actual segment from the entire thing. Like it was Yeah, she is she's good. I mean, don't get me wrong, she's good. Whatever we think about her currently is uh you know, you can't say it's 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 the Benoit principle in it, I guess, to a degree. Not as not as mad, but uh, you know, you you kind of got to look over the shit she does now, um, yeah, and just just judge it purely on on what happens on the pay per view or the TV. Um, yeah, she actually had a better personality to four blonde guys. I mean, I love I love Tom Pritchard and Candido in the ring, and and Jeanette is good in the ring. He really is, but. It's not a showcase for anybody, that is it at all? <laughs> no, not at all. Um, I mean, we didn't get we didn't, it didn't get much better after this. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you reckon to the uh, to the um, next part. But um... so, yeah, um, we get Bulldog versus Psycho Sid. Now, it's built. Bulldog comes down, he's built from Manchester. No, he's not. He is from Wigan. I know two Americans at 20 minutes down the road is is essentially the same bloody thing. But um it's a completely different accent where I'm from. I'm from Manchester. I don't say in your house. In your house. <laughs> or uh uh terps instead of tapes and stuff like that. Um there's no cornet again. And then we cut backstage, and Sid is cutting an interesting promo. All right, thank you, Vince. Sid, it must be a nice surprise and a great feeling, the overwhelming support you've received from the WWE fans since you returned to the World Wrestling Federation. No, stop right there. I know what the question is. Let me give you the answer. See, it didn't start then. It started months ago. When I am laying in sleep, and it came to me. The man back, and the man is here, my friend. The man is here to stay. All right, Sid, you've claimed on numerous occasions you're the ruler and master of the world. Question is, right now, can you rule and master the world of the British Bulldog? It's funny you said that, but you see, at the international incident, I feel like there was just a little bit something missing. So tonight, Bulldog, is my chance to take one more step. One So Doc's with uh, Doc Hendricks or Doc Docs Hendricks. Uh, <laughs> I'm joking. He's just called Doc. Um, he's with Sid. This could be a botch waiting to happen. You know, he's uh, he's almost Luger levels of of botch botchamania. Um, he sort of whispers, then shouts about fuck all. 
Uh, it was pretty woeful. And uh, what did you think about Sid's promo? Um, I can't understand why he's a babyface. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. <laughs> Literally put the same thing. I just put he's, he's a really odd babyface, but he is over. Like his music is like psycho music, isn't it? It's like, duh, duh, yeah. duh. like he's he's portrayed as like a serial killer. That's like his whole gimmick. So I have no idea why the crowd likes him. <laughs> it's odd. No, I don't. Um, the first thing I put was, let's see if this holds up to the bulldog theory of David Boy's really good when he's in with people better than him, and he's absolutely shit when he's in with people better level. than him. Yeah. yeah. So let's see. <laughs> Um, what did you think then to that scale? Because I definitely think it was the latter. <laughs> it certainly was the latter. Uh, Bulldog can't shift Sid, which which is weird. When Bulldog's a babyface, he will have been able to shift Sid easily because he's he's put over like that power. He gets lamped and he regroups. Um, headlock, takeover, power slam. To be fair, it was an absolutely phenomenal delayed suplex by the Bulldog, and which is a staple of his if he's sort of yeah, that was in ring. It's fucking superb. I mean, Sid's like 6'10", maybe. Yeah, it's he's a big ridiculous. guy. Um, Clarence Mason's down again. Literally does nothing. <laughs> um, he, then we get a chin lock a la VK Wall Street. Lovely. Just what we <laughs> want to see every time. And then, he, uh, to be fair, he starts. He, he gets the big man down. It's a good strategy, I guess. Um, then there's a nice Vader insert doing his Glacier impression, shadow boxing. Um, <laughs> David, Dr- <laughs> it's true though. That, Dr- he was training for ages in the back, wasn't he, Vader? <laughs> he was, yeah. Well, that's what they said. They said Vader, Vader's going to be out for the main event sometime tonight, but he turned up in October, like Glacier. <laughs> um, David drops Sid on the apron and does a delayed vertical uh, drop. Sid like got first on the ropes, which was nice. And we're back to the chin lock. He's been watching too many Wall Street matches, this guy. Um, <laughs> since, since that's come back, he misses the charge. Uh, Bulldog does a, a running power slam, which is beautiful, as always. Uh, Cornet's down. He argues with Clarence Mason. Bulldog gets distracted. Choke slam by Sid. Powerball, three. Um, it's, it was really not the best. And it proved the David Boy Smith theory. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it wasn't as bad as it wasn't as bad as the previous match, but it wasn't good at all, really, was it? Let's be honest. Um, no, it was. It was. Well. It's a very, it's a very odd match to make. It just doesn't. Like they can't. You feel like both of those blokes can't mesh. They they can't impose what they're both really good at. Um, yeah. Apart from the odd little bit, like you said, like that nice delayed suplex by by Davy, that was nice. But it was just. Strange one. I mean, do you think it's odd with Bulldog as a heel? Do you, do you find it odd watching him as a heel? Like, it's like he just feels like he should yeah. always be a babyface. Yeah, because he's one of them very few people who are not from America, and Brett being another one, like, can don't get that whole "we don't like you because you're not American" kind of thing. They are they yeah. were genuinely babyfaces in America. Uh, yeah, I mean, I prefer. I prefer Babyface uh, David to a degree, but when he gets in with a group, like 
we haven't obviously we've not been watching the TVs and we've not seen him in in that sort of context with Cornet and Owen and Vader and it yeah. looks like a genuinely top group like when he was in the Heart Foundation like '97, uh, he, he worked well there. I think on his own, don't quite work. He needs he needs the manager yeah. as a heel. Yeah, you're but, right. Yeah, as a babyface, apart from his promos, it's, it, to be fair, his promos are comical, um, especially that one. I'm the British Bulldog, and I'm bizarre. <laughs> I mean, the one thing, thing, one thing that I, one that, that was the one thing really that sort of came across. It felt like they were they were in opposite roles. Like Sid should be like the most imposing of imposing heels. Like, like he should be an absolute killer to match yeah. what is a serial killer gimmick. Um, and you could have that sort of in a match like that, you could have a sympathetic baby face switch around with with Bulldog. Um, obviously, that was the way they were booking at the, at the time. It was a strange decision. Um, I don't know who decided to put Sid as a baby face, or I don't know if it was even just an organic thing, um, but it is strange to watch. <laughs> he, he's um, over, though. It's mad. It's, he's proper. Yeah, like, that was really surprising. I couldn't believe it. Like, like They were chanting for his name and stuff like that, and they were like buzzing when his music hit, and and he's cheating up the crowd and everything. It was yeah. yeah. He's, he's I think really to be fair to it. to be fair to him, he might have to get my new award. And I don't know if I've told you about this, but um, he got the oh, hashtag Tarrant Pop of the week. Um, oh, Chrissy Tarrant. <laughs> he got the Tarrant Pop of the week this this time. Him 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 and Sean were were, were close, but I think it might have to go to Sid just a surprise factor. Um, that's a new segment that, that might pop in sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you want to do? Uh, do, you want to, do you want to add a bit of context to the old Chrissy Tarrant pop for our uh, listeners over the pond? Uh, yeah, of course. So, um, if, if you're not familiar, which I, I would imagine you were, unless you were from the UK, uh, Chris Tarrant is a very—he's a—I'd say he's—he was a national treasure at one point. Maybe not so much these days. You don't really see him uh, on TV anymore. But he—he he presented quite a few TV shows, didn't he? Most notably. Who wants to be a millionaire um, for quite a number of years? <laughs> but anyway, um, Chrissy Tarrant was um, there was a there was a clip that went round the other day on I think it was BT Sport. I could be wrong. It might have been a different account. I think it might have been BT Sport. They basically showed the last time that WWF had an event in the UK, and it had a, it had people at ringside. There was like Eamon Holmes, who's another TV personality. They had I can't remember, like TV chef, might have been Jamie Oliver or something like that. I can't remember who it was. And then it came to Chris Tarrant with the biggest pop of the night. Bang! <laughs> the, the crowd absolutely loved it. So um, going forward, I'm going to be sneaking in my Tarrant pop of the week. Um, this is uh, unbeknownst to John, but I thought I'd just surprise him with this. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm fully behind it, mate. I think it's a cracking little uh, segment. <laughs> Sponsored by Chris Tarrant. <laughs> Sponsored by Dettol. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'll give it to Sid. Actually, I was going to give it to Michaels, but then, like, I sort of remembered how how decent of a pop he got. Um, <laughs> speaking of Michaels, though, we did cut to a very strange oh. homoerotic video package backstage. Uh, video package that played. Um. A lot of close-ups of his chest hair and biceps and stuff yeah. like that. Very odd. And that <laughs> Any thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought it was weird. It's like all these sort of like words are flashing on the screen. Sexy, intense, <laughs> confident, 
hairy. <laughs> <laughs> stuff, like, stuff like that. It was just, Prick. it was just really, yeah. Well, do jobs. <laughs> Lost his smile. Yeah. <laughs> Very unhappy. Uh, <laughs> likes likes pills. <laughs> Good on a ladder. <laughs> it was very strange, wasn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's just but, like you could tell Vince has commissioned that guy. He's like, oh, let's just put a little package yeah. together for him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Sean, I'm just going to show you how much I love you. <laughs> it's, it's very much like Vince, like fantasizing, like some women. Joe, Joe, like, oh, you get that, that porn that's like for women. It's like Vince's version of that. Yeah. He's absolutely loving it. He could tell he's like, when when it was playing, I bet he's going, oh, it's it, it's, it's, it's playing, it's playing. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was that was really odd. Um, yeah. <laughs> we cut away from that though to to another odd man, uh, Gold Dust. Mark, Mark, oh, I thought you Mark Merrow. because <laughs> <laughs> he looks he like could... a young Burt Reynolds. <laughs> you could say that. To be fair, he's a very, bit of an odd bloke as well. Um, Gold Dust is coming down. Um, he's got over his love affair with. Um, Ahmed Johnson from the last time we saw him. Yeah, you remember that? Sleigh bell. <laughs> he's on to Mrs. Brock Lesnar, isn't he? Um, he is. <laughs> um, it's it sort of gold dust comes out with with uh, what's the face Marlena. They try and give Jr. a cigar, um, and then what's his face? Todd's back with Mark Merrow in the back. Vince, thank you very much. Obviously, tonight, all that glitters is definitely gold dust. He has made it public now. His infatuation with Sable is clear to everybody. First, before I ask you to comment on the matchup, I want to show you some footage from earlier on this weekend on Superstars. It was absolutely incredible. Mankind shows up right here, and obviously, Sable is freaked out. He begins calling her mommy. Listen. Wild man, do you have any idea what's going on with mankind? I can't or... understand mankind. I can't understand all the head things, but I'll tell you, Todd, it's time to either put up or shut up. Goldust, tonight, you, my friend, are going to be a falling star. That's all I can say. Back to ringside. So um, they, show, they show mankind sort of begging to Sable, saying, calling a mommy and stuff like this. Um, I was really confused with that. Because, like, he's embroiled in this, like, Taker feud, but he's also involved in this weird little, like, side thing with Sable. I'd... <laughs> it was a real shock to me. I didn't know what that was all about. Have you got any context, man? Like, Do you know what was going on? Or... I can't, I can't, honestly, I can't remember. I just think it's one of them, like, I can't remember if he goes with gold dust at some point. I can't remember, but, yeah, it's an odd one. Um but he, he, he does it well. He plays that unhinged lunatic very well. Does Foley. he's so believable though, isn't he, Mick Foley? Like, like you can just if you weren't watching a wrestling program, you saw that saw that on like a like a TV show. You'd be like, what the fuck is that? Like, you saw he's him so in public, believable. You'd get him committed. You would. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Like, like 
he just he comes across as an absolute nut job and he just does it so well like no matter what he's been given in his career he's always just given it 100% and he like he's just so good yeah of course he has. he's he's just he's just a phenomenal talent and you know it's it's one of them you kind of forget how good he is because everybody just remembers the bumps and like the, the cage match and stuff yeah, like that yeah he's just superb he really is um yeah, it's, it was. It's like Mero, Mero says that he doesn't like games. Um, and it's time to put up or shut up. And Mero does look like a mulleted Burt Reynolds there. Um, <laughs> Mero is definitely not over, but Sable no. definitely is over. Now the crowd, does, the crowd has nothing for Mero, do they? No, and this like... is the problem. He's a babyface with with a quote unquote hot woman with him. I mean, she's not my type. But, you know, who am I to say she's unattractive? Brock, don't hurt me. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's a lock-up. Dustin, Dustin does his taunt in, in the corner and slaps Marrow. Uh, Marlene has just sat there on a on a chair with a cigar. Cigar in hand, like the entire match. Like, the expression never changes, does it? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, she does that very well. Um, <laughs> the pace-ups, Japanese and standard arm drags. By Mr. Mero, 6.2, I'm afraid. It won't go great. Uh, Mero starts to shine. Uh, Gordust is taking his time. Crossbody for two. Drop toe hold, bringing the big man down. Works the wrist, you know, hammerlock, nice. Uh, the Aluta Ahmed having a, a, a legit kidney issue. Turns out he's uh, lacerated his kidney. Yeah, um, brutal that. Yeah, pretty. Pretty brutal. <laughs> um uh, Goldust does that drop down thrust to the to the gullet kind of thing, uh, which is classic. Uh, Mero drops out. Mero in into the rail off the apron. Goldust gets heat in the ring with clotheslines and the chin lock. They're everywhere. <laughs> chin lock of the night. <laughs> Honestly, road road to, Oh, chin lock of the night is going to be. It's going to have to be a thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mankind's down, stalking Sable. Man- Mankind's pulling sort of triple, quadruple duty tonight. You know, he's just <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, yeah, backstage interview before. He's he's getting involved in this segment as well. <laughs> I know, I know, but it's all top top quality. Uh, absolute <laughs> absolute Lex Luger esque wooden acting by Sable. <laughs> M- Mero does a back back elbow off the second rope. And um, atomic drop, and then punches. Um, so his comeback accelerates with a with a backdrop and a knee lift. Uh, Gold dust bumps Mero out and himself, and then Mero's back in and uh, does a somersault plancher thing. Uh, and I nearly had to break out the tope suicida, uh, but I didn't. Spring spring springboard leg drop, no cover. Uh, then he does. <laughs> Then he does a, a sort of botchier shooting star press than uh, his his current wife's next husband did at uh, Mania with Angle. He, he literally nearly lands on his napper, but he catches he catches him really hard. Goldust as he goes down. Mark Merrow, Mark Merrow to me is very unsafe. Everything he does, he seems to either injure himself or other people. It's like the Austin thing. Every time I've seen him, he's just he's. I just find him really sloppy. He does all these big moves, these sort of athletic moves, but I don't think he's good enough to pull them off. Mm. Um, Marlena distracts, he gets a two. Uh, sloppy scoop slam, 
curtain call for three. Uh, it was all right. I just find, like I said, I just find Mero sloppy and unsafe. Um, he's not great at all. He just he looks fairly impressive. Um, yeah, Gold he's got a body on him. You can't deny that. Like, <laughs> excuse me. That's all he's got, yeah, really, Gold, isn't it? Well, that's it, really. And then I think I think he's slightly athletic, and then tries to do a lot more athletic stuff than he can do. I mean, he can do a shooting start as in like a backflip, like inverted backflip or whatever, but it just Should doesn't he? come off. Yeah, he's not like Evan Bourne, Matt Seidel, is he? He's not like that kind of, you know, yeah. sort of level. Um, yeah, Goldus is stalking Sable and gesticulating with more horseshit acting. She's absolutely, she she should be the manager of the wooden tops, sir. She's dreadful. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, it's weird. Merrill doesn't even kick off uh, with intensity. It does like he doesn't kick off with intensity like like you would if someone was stalking your message. You just go in and just throw fists, wouldn't you? He does. Yeah. He does like wrestling moves and crotches him on the rope and drop kicks, and it's like no, you he's supposed to be fighting. You'd be throwing hands, hundred percent, and it just it just takes any sort of. It's like, well, we know this is an angle now. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we know it's an angle, but you're like, you look if you, you know, believability-wise, in terms of sort of suspension of disbelief, you're just going, yeah, you won't do that in a real fight, mate. <laughs> what what yeah. do you think about it? Um, I didn't, I didn't enjoy it really. Um, I like watching, I like watching Dustin because Dustin, I've, I'm a big fan of Dustin, but me too. Uh, this this like early incarnation of Goldust is just weird, isn't it? It's just an odd thing to be giving him. Um, but he makes the most of it. He does what he can with it. To be fair, like you've got to give him yeah. that. Um, it's one of them where it's like you could tell there's a level in between these two guys where it's like Dustin's clearly a higher echelon talent for me. Like, you know, easily, yeah. Like not, it's not even really close. Like it, it's in terms of his his smoothness and like, like his his fun like fundamentals. You know, like the basics, he just does so yeah. much better. And he and like you said, he, he sort of he just uh, Matt Rowe, he, he he looks sloppy. He looks like he sort of his legs can sort of flail all over the place. You you feel like you could yeah. catch a, a, an open fist from him easily, or like or anything like that. Yeah. Just something dodgy. Yeah, um, he's got that in him. I think I think I think Goldust did his bit, but I just I, I think Mark Merrow is just absolutely he's just nothing, is there? There's out there for me. Like no. the match he had with Austin that we saw wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't amazing, but it, it was okay. But I think that was just because no, I was Austin. loving watching Austin. That's what I mean. I was yeah. just loving watching Austin. Um, and this was the this and my love for Dustin wasn't enough in this one to sort of make me go, yeah, I enjoyed that. It was just a bit a bit shit at points, but I was glad Dustin won because. I'm a fan of his. Um, I always have been, to be fair. I really like him. Um, and I wasn't expecting him to win, so I was quite surprised at that. I thought like, I thought Mark Merrill was one of like Vince's boys, so I thought he was going to win. Um, well, the Mark Merrill thing was he was he was trained to be Johnny. He was he was Johnny B. Bad in WCW, and he was he was never trained to be a wrestler. He was trained to be Johnny B. Bad. So he kind mm-hmm. of like when he came here and Vince realized he, Vince liked the Johnny B. Bad gimmick, and when he came here to WF and realized he couldn't get that, it was like, oh, how do I just be Mark Marona? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, that makes sense actually. Um, 
and, and then the like gold dust thing was a bit weird because it's like it was that trying to be gay thing like they're trying to do a gay character but they just made it out like all gay men like dressing up in mad costumes yeah. and they were creepy and weird and it was really piss so dated, isn't it? so dated yeah. Um, doesn't have well. age well. That's what I mean. It's not aged well at all, is it? And it probably wasn't good oh, then. God, no. Um, and then, like you said, the the, the put like the sort of pull apart at the end was a bit shit. It was a bit stagey as out what it didn't feel. It didn't come yeah. across as natural. Um, but we moved on. We, we they sort of alluded to it a bit earlier on, didn't they? And then we got a little Ahmed Johnson interview. We certainly did. Sort of detailing some of the physical, mental pain he'd been going through. It did sound like it was pretty nasty, whatever happened. Um, yeah. I'm not sure if it... Was it was it a legit injury or was it this, this storyline? Because if it was storyline, they did it really well, to be fair. I think it was legit. Yeah. Because it was uh, it was it was injured by Farouk. For who? That's a... <laughs> I don't know if you ever saw the uh, VHS, The Rock Know Your Role in the late 90s. He was talking... <laughs> he's talking about... Um, Talking about Farouk, he goes, and then the Rock joins a, a group called The Nation, led by a guy called Farouk. For who? Like that, and it just always stuck with me. I just find it every time I hear Farouk. Um, uh, yeah, but the saying like he was injured by by Farouk, and then he and then he still competed. What a doyle! And yeah, he won a battle silly. royal title shot and got battered again, and it was just like, what? He was the IC champion, wasn't he? Johnson. Yeah, and he got vacated. Monsoon vacated it. And saying, like, will he ever return? Spoilers, he does, sadly. Um, (laughs) And then Ahmed says, Ahmed does what Ahmed wants to do. Great googly moogly. And, uh, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was... It was alright. I didn't mind it. It felt quite serious. It felt quite good. Like, it felt... I don't know if if it's just me. I felt like it was, like, a, a reality thing, whereas we just had like something really shitty and really fake with the gold yeah. dust thing, where it felt quite grounded and quite real. So I, I didn't mind it that much. Obviously, Ahmed Johnson's not great, is he? But I quite no. enjoyed like the serious nature of it and the sort of like the way they sort of they detailed their entire plan for like the IC belt tournament and stuff like that, which was decent. Um, but then we got uh, the man who was responsible for uh, for Ahmed Johnson's injury coming down with with his manager Sonny. She's been busy, hasn't she? Farouk, I guess the first question is very simple. The first question is, what do you mean with the first? That's the first mistake you've made. You don't ask the questions here. I do. And the question is, why isn't Gorilla Monsoon out here now handing me what you and he and everybody else knows is mine? And that's the World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Time. Where is it? Why isn't he now doing that? Huh? Answer that. Well, I think Gorilla Monsoon said he didn't want the criminal to benefit from the crime. And obviously, as you know, he has ordered an Intercontinental Title Tournament to begin tomorrow night on Raw. Ordered? What do I, do I look like a waiter to you? Nobody orders Farouk Assad around, okay? Let me tell you something. The deal is this. I should be the Intercontinental Champion right now, all right? <laughs> I should be the Intercontinental Champion. No one else. The tournament runs through me. I, Farouk Assad, not three or four other people, put our man, that pump, Johnson, out, okay? And let me tell you another thing. If that's the best you've got here, I see a lot of sunny days ahead for us. Mm. Let me tell you something, Todd. It's real simple. This right here 
is what a real man is all about. This right here is my special little modern day gladiator. And Ahmed Johnson, poor Ahmed, tried to stand in his way and look what happened. So Gorilla Monsoon, have your little tournament, honey. Ring that bell. Because ladies and gentlemen, I give you right now the next World Wrestling Federation Intercontinental Champion, Farouk Assad. And remember, what Sonny wants, Sonny gets. And Todd, baby, I want the gold. So, um, Farouk comes down, and he's like this gladiator gimmick, which I, I was really yeah, confused about. Fucking dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. The helmet alone. <laughs> the helmet was shocking, wasn't it? Uh, what's he called? Like Farouk Assad or something? Like Farouk Assad, yeah, and I've no yeah. idea why, because he was clearly Ron Simmons about two, three years ago, uh, winning the WCW belt. Four it's years fucking ago, Ron maybe. Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> He's a WCW world champion. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> we'll get to that later. <laughs> Certainly will. <laughs> um, so he, he basically says, he, he, "Why hasn't he been awarded the IC belt by Monsoon?" Um, and then Sunny again says that she likes her real, likes her men, real men like like Farouk, the like slapping his pecs and stuff like that. And then she was like, "What Sunny wants, Sunny gets." I'm, you're probably um, right. Modern, modern day uh, gladiator. <laughs> Any thoughts on this? Because I thought it was a bit. Bit pony, really. It was super pony. Um, I there was a bit where he goes to petting zoo. He says, "Uh, you don't ask the questions. I ask the questions." And I'm thinking, yeah, but that completely ruined. Nobody wants to talk Todd petting zoo's opinion on anything. Do you know what I mean? It's like, don't ask yeah, the that makes no sense. You 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 answer him some kind. Just stick to your damn. Stick to your damn wrong. <laughs> Stick to being mates with JBL the cunt. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, yeah, and then, like then we we move on from a shit interview segment to uh, something a bit mental. Uh, it's old uh, the King Jerry Lawler and uh, Jake the Snake Roberts to do a little package for it. Jake bears his soul. He was born again. And uh, Lola just makes alcoholic jokes for about a minute and a bit. Anytime you become an addict or an alcoholic, there's so much shame and guilt involved. He had a problem and he drank it. <laughs> but the bottom line for me was, is whenever I got to a point that I didn't want to live anymore, where I wanted to die. You know, when most people get drunk, they see snakes. But when snakes get drunk, they see Jake Roberts. <laughs> My hope is, is that uh, I'll be able to help some of the younger athletes. Well, they don't have to make the same mistakes that Jake Roberts made. People like you are supposed to turn the other cheek, right? Yeah. Let's see yeah. if you turn the other Hey. You see, what I believe in is an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Aldo doesn't even drink. Smell the... Ah. Oh. Jerry the King Lawler reveling in his victory. One thing I promise you. This week, you'll be reaching out and God, please help Jake get off me. Jake, please don't put that snake on me. God, help me. 
you, you're going to pay the price. Jake the Snake's quite apt this week, isn't it, to be fair? Like, um... Yeah. <laughs> um, it was weird, wasn't it? Because, like, they did the little package and then and then Mark Henry came down. <laughs> yeah, Finkel introduces him. He says uh, he's an Olympian, um, newest member of the WWF, gets fireworks, joins comms. Weird. Don't you think he looked like, like he'd just come from like a Boys to Men vi- music video or something? Or <laughs> <laughs> oh, like outfit with a paddy cap and all that. And... <laughs> Dude, you can't make Boys to Men jokes. That's just the end of the road, mate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, Mark Henry's on commentary. This ain't going to go well because he's he shit at commentary now. Never mind then. <laughs> I know. And he's a commentator now. <laughs> Um, this was this this reminded me. It was very similar to the. It wasn't as shit, but it was similar to that match that King had with Warrior the other Warrior. month. Like the, the two well, other months. Four hours to start for a. Few yeah, just like it's quite funny to begin with. Like he does a few little bits and pieces, getting heat with the crowd and that. But then he just seems to go on and on and on, doesn't he? It was just like he was like saying like he was saying he was insulting Jake's wife, his kids, his. Bringing up fucking bottles of John, uh, John, Jim Bean, Jack Daniels, saying, "Oh, look, I've got his tag partners in my jacket and all this." And I mean, it was there was a few little funny bits, but like it, it was a bit like you could tell King was like buzzing off it, like loving it, like doing like you could tell he just wanted to. He thinks he's like a comedian or something. Um, he just he just goes on a bit. What do you reckon? Like, I mean, he gets a good good bit of heat, doesn't he? To be fair, but um. Yeah, I mean, Jake, it's cheap heat, comes though, down, to be fair. Yeah, it is the cheapest of cheap heat. Um, he comes down with a, with a snake bag, like a burlap sack, like Jake has. Um, Lawless slagged off uh, Henry previously, so you see a few didn't come in. Uh, he wears uh, a Baltimore Ravens top in Cleveland. There must be some heat there. But uh, Lawler is actually a ge- genuine Cleveland Browns fan. So he's he's committed to the heel work, clearly. Um they went over my head, that, to be fair, that reference. I no yeah, idea. well, we get a second mention for a guy called Art Modell. Um, I had to Google this guy. Um, he was uh, the Cleveland Browns owner for 35 years. So, yeah, obviously, American sports references just, just fall flat with us a little bit, mad shot, etc. cetera. Um, <laughs> so he's got Jim Bean, like he said. He brings up Jake's wife. Oops. Um, brings up Henry at the Olympics. So... At the Olympics in 1996, do you know where Mark Henry came? <laughs> dead, fu- like, dead fucking last. Dead last. <laughs> dead last. Um, Some reason when they so, first announced it, I was like, is this Kurt Angle? But then I realised that no, it's too early for Kurt. <laughs> do you know when they were like the Olympian? I was like, fucking hell, Kurt's here, really. Yeah. And then I realised it can't be. Um, I'm surprised they didn't rehash his fucking music because they used it for the Patriot as well, didn't they? Yeah. Uh, so there's this absolute shocking rat tail mullet on Lawler, like crawling out from his crown. That's awful, that thing. It is horrendous. Um, Jake Roberts gets a pop, and then on the referee tonight is Harvey fucking Whippleman, which is mental. Um, Lawler carries on, says he doesn't like snakes. Walks, I'm thinking, what's in Lawler's bag? Is it crack? I don't know. Um, if if the snakes, Lawler says, if the snake stays in the bag. Then 
Jake can have what's in Lawler's bag. So he pulls out like a Magnum or a Jeroboam of champagne. Fuck knows what size it is. Uh, and then out comes the steak. Massive, it? it was ginormous. <laughs> out comes the steak on Lawler. Lawler Scarpers. Burger King chants. Carries on. It's it's a bit shit. This now it's well too fucking long. Um, get the chi- you know get the chicken shit bit in, but you know it's one of them. It's it's been ten minutes already for fuck's sake. Like Jake jumps jump starts it shines. Um, low there's low blows. There's a slam outside. He posts him, uh, chokes him round the post. Clocks Jake with a can of something or other. Uh, DDT counted into a backdrop. Uh, you know, short arm clothesline, which is the signal for the DDT. Laura, Laura, Laura grabs the ref, somehow acquires a bottle, jabs Jake in the throat with it, pulls the tights for free. On paper, should be a good angle, but just went too fucking long before the match. And Lawler never shuts the fuck up. He just never shuts up. It winds me <laughs> up. Um, he cuts another fucking promo, says he's, uh, Jake's throat's dry, needs a drink, pours Jim Bean on him. Um, Henry stops Lawler and uh, pretty poor all round. What did you reckon, mate? Yeah, I mean, it's similar to you. Like, the, the, it would have been all right if it just went, just the whole segment just dragged. Like, the whole, the first bit was just, it felt like it was like 10 minutes before we even got any like action. Um, so it was like, he's just waffling on about, you know, the, the booze and the drink and, and bringing out the, the champagne bottle and stuff like that. And I just thought it was um it just it was just a bit a bit silly really and like the match itself when it actually got going it wasn't it wasn't amazing, it wasn't by any means good, but it, it, it could have been a good angle if they'd sort of it sort of done it better, they just sort of cut it short, maybe maybe a few maybe five minutes or something like that. Um and then to be fair, with the finish as well, it was just, it was a similar a similar issue as what we had a bit earlier on, um, as I mentioned before. So it was sort of the issue with the, the Owen Hart match, you know, where with the the cast he sort of digged it into uh, Savio Savio's sort of face right in front of the referee, um, and in this match it was similar. Um, he grabs a he grabs a bottle of I think it was Jim B. Might have been Jack Daniels. Don't know exactly what it was. He pretty much digs it right in the throat of uh, Jack the Snake. Referees clear, clear as day, staring right at the bottle going into the neck. No, there's no repercussions for for Jerry Jerry Lawler. Like it doesn't make any sense to me um, why they sort of they make it so obvious that the referee is just thick. Um, it just sort of massively buries the referee then when they're, they're looking straight at a, a clear offence and they're just not DQing. It, was, it happened in this match again, do you know what I mean? It's odd. Um, oh. It is something that we see a lot, though. WCW especially. And then it's like, it's done it twice in, in, in one pay-per-view. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's frustrating, really, but... Um, Mark Mark Henry added absolutely now on commentary, like just really like nothing really. To be fair, um, it's it's similar to listening to when he ever does it nowadays. Um, I liked there was one bit that I found really funny. <laughs> um, 
like when when Jake and when when King was pouring the booze in the face of Jake, perfect was like, while he's off the wagon tonight, he might as well go. He might as well make a night. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was George Best here. <laughs> that bit just really that really popped me. To be fair, that was funny. Um, and then obviously it's gonna. I think it started a feud with Mark Henry and King. By the looks of it, is that right? What uh, I, can I, think so. I think I think his first match is with Lawler, which you know it makes sense because Lawler's Lawler's an old pro, and Mark Henry was green as goose shit at the time, and was for probably ten years after that. But um, yeah, yeah, I think it made it made sense to put him in with somebody who could, you know, show him the ropes. I guess. Yeah, uh, that's then, true. But all in all, it was turd. Um, yeah, but Bob Backlund's in the crowd campaigning. Fucking love Bob Backlund. What a lunatic he is! What was that all about, though? It was random that. Like, he does this. He, he actually genuinely campaigns to be like a senator or something in real life. He's just, he's just a very odd man. He's, he's funny though. What? And Vince was just letting him do it at events, or it was a gimmick that just like right. took over into real life. It was weird. <laughs> I was confused with that bit. To be fair, the intense and unpredictable relationship between the Undertaker and mankind seems to have been forged by fate ages ago. Although both dwell in a world of darkness, only one embraces the light. Based on an unearthly hatred, mankind began his assault on the realm of the Undertaker over five months ago. Look out! Oh my God! It's gonna The Undertaker has experienced the paralyzing effect of the mandible claw on more than one occasion. Mankind, from the start, had a dangerous craving to destroy the Undertaker, carefully choosing moments when the Undertaker would least expect it. What is that good? The Undertaker has emerged from each of these attacks with a growing anger beyond earthly limits. The uncontrollable rage of these two superstars transcends titles and can only be confined within the bowels of tonight's arena. Without doubt, Mankind poses The Undertaker's most threatening challenge to date. Mankind, physically and mentally disfigured, seems to thrive on pain, a consequence tonight's Boiler Room Brawl will most certainly deliver. The only question left is how much pain can these superstars endure? Yes, we got to the co-main event, didn't we? Pretty much like the second build match. Um, the boiler room brawl. Um, <laughs> which it, I, I, I didn't know what to expect from it. And I didn't really, I didn't really expect it to be like this. <laughs> um I have seen it before, and, and and I remember bits of it. But yeah, it was interesting to watch it again. Interesting, yeah. Word. Like there was a there was a video package again where like the 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 imagery was good, but the the rater was like way too upbeat for this type of match. Like, yeah, he's the with, same guy, I think, for everything. He's like, this match is a boiler room brawl. It's like <laughs> you're gonna be like building up as like this, like. Really dangerous match, and he just sounded like way up, like way too happy about it. It was weird. Um, Sounds like that Rob Schneider bit of South Park. Do, Rob do, Schneider. Do. <laughs> it's a boiler room, rated carrot. <laughs> That's what he sounds like. He sounds a bit like that, like whoever it is. Um, Paul, Paul Bearer makes his way to the ring. Um, 
and he sort of he walks past what at the time I thought was like a plinth for like the urn, but it wasn't. <laughs> Later, I found oh. out that when they came down to the ring, that they had oh, stationed the on all corners of the ring four of the tiniest TVs you'll ever see in your life. For the for the crowd at ringside, so if you're in the cheap seats at the top, fuck, you've got no chance of knowing you've what's going it. on. Yeah, you've had it. <laughs> it's like the, um, I don't, you, you might be too young to remember this, but um, like when I was at school in the nineties and you had to watch a video, we wheeled the TV, wheeled yeah, out yeah. that big fucking TV. It was, <laughs> it was one of them at the time, it? but it's really like twenty fucking six inches or something. <laughs> yeah, but like the quality of the picture must have been shocking as well. So people were like squinting at ringside trying to see what's going on. Um, and I think, and I think that was the reason why this match just didn't work for me. Like, like I'll, I'll just say it right now. Like, it, it's a, it's such an odd match to put on a pay per view. Like, even, like any of these types of matches, match. any of these types of matches are odd to put on pay per views because it just does nothing for the crowd. Um, like the crowd have paid obviously good money to be there, and and there must have been I don't know how long it was twenty plus minutes just sat there just trying to catch a glimpse of what the fuck was going on in this really dark, dingy room on this terrible little shitty TV. <laughs> it was it was nearly 30 minutes, like 25, 26 minutes, man. It was... Yeah, it was, it was long. Drawn out. Um, yeah, it was. Um, but I'll, I'll take that out of the, the picture and talk about the, the match, if you want to call it a match. Um, um, Perfect First says Mankind's Got Taker's Number, which is quite interesting. It's true, though, isn't it? To be fair, like even in the package, like they they would put in over the fact that like no one's ever had Taker in these bad positions like Mankind does, and it's true that we he, he sort of beat him down, didn't he, in the pay per view we last saw? Um, with a, yeah. I think there was a little bit of help, but like, and he sort of knocked him out, didn't he, with the mandible claw? So like, like take Taker had never been sort of dominated like that from what I can remember. Um, Since the last guy, uh, like uh, I think Gonzalez ju- uh, jumped him at the Rumble, '93 uh, Rumble, I do believe, and um, hmm. yeah, he was like, and, and and anyone who ever gets anything on Taker, they always do the whole. I've never seen it Undertaker dominated like this, and it's like, it's I, have, time. It's like... I, I haven't. To be fair, like I hadn't seen that. Like, and like we watched that match. I've never really seen him with Giant Gonzalez or anything like that. It's not a match. Uh... You, don't, you don't want to, mate. You don't want to. <laughs> But like that match against like um, Foley was that was a great match. The last match yeah, we saw, that was a really See, good match. It's like the urn. The urn's always got to come into it when he has a feud. Like they have a nick it, or it's got. Do you know what I mean? It's got to be something to do with the urn. And it's like I like that era Undertaker, but once he got past the urn shit, it kind of opened him up a bit more in terms. He was it was yeah. very one dimensional. It was great to start <laughs> with, but it it got a bit old. And he's not an think... odd, odd baby face as well. Yeah, he is. Do you not think this feud like opened him up more to a bit more character and a bit more like with Foley? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, like obviously him and Foley had like such a, a instant sort of chemistry in the ring. Um, yeah, oh, so I think that's really brought him along. Um, not in the boiler room, though. <laughs> yeah, so we, we 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 cut to the back and it's sort of just behind Taker's back and he's sort of going into the. Boiler room, like making out like he's going into some like haunted house or somewhere. It's just like a yeah. Like, there was hesitancy there, wasn't there? And it was it was yeah. it was sort of humanizing because yeah. it's like you never you never think he would be hesitant about 
doing anything like that. But no, he wasn't. It was, it was, it was a nice. I thought it was quite nice that bit. Um, that first, and then the, yeah, and then the decency stopped. I just put, I just put in my notes. There, I bet the crowd's absolutely buzzing with this. Like, just they just can't see a fucking thing. Don't know what's going on. <laughs> I would. Um, so it's just a cluster of weapons. It's it's pipes. It's trash cans. It's sorry to go American there. Trash can. Um, <laughs> it's back and forth. It's pretty much. It's pretty much though a lot of dominance by mankind in it for for the most part. Um, it is, yeah, because I mean he's got all he's got all the piping, not lemon yellow, but you know standard piping, um, and he's just got he's bit like the bin lids are like aluminium, aren't they? It's like tin yeah. foils. It's, it's, they're a bit pony, to be fair. It's yeah. it feels like there should be more in there other than like plastic tubing piping and and, yeah. and a bin. Do you know what I mean? It should be something like I don't know, like a wrench or something, because they're gonna to have to be tightening the boilers. Yeah, and like stuff like that, like equipment and stuff. Yeah, I know what you mean. I don't know if they cleared it out to like make it more safe, like proper gimmicked it up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you saw at first when it says uh, when he goes to enter the boiler room. Um, it says the uh, boiler room danger, and it had, to me it had huge Gareth Keating investigates vibes to it. <laughs> Investigation room. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like spelling yeah. out exactly what it does on the tin. Fuck's sake! It's like if it's a meeting room, and it's going to become a meeting room again. <laughs> Shall I put uh, investigation slash meeting room? Um, another thing that made the match a bit bit shit for me that was there was no commentary barely at any point. Yeah, that was really jarring. It was odd. All you could do was like, all you could do was like, 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 just like, like, just like, gurn and like stuff like that. Just weird, like, frosting noises. It was just like squeals, fully squealing like a pig. I mean, it gets on your tits after a while. (laughs) It does. Um, And then they had a few like, there's a few technical drops and stuff where he lost the picture for ages. I don't know if that was intentional or not. I don't know. Um, (laughs) But they're fucking pissed off with that as well. I know. Um but yeah the commentary team was pretty much dead silent, which I found strange. I don't I don't know if they just didn't know how to call that match. Like <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because it's like they just thought we'll just let it play out. <laughs> um Yeah, they, sort of... you could hear Vince like chipping occasionally, but like very occasionally with like, oh whoa, that's uh yeah. Bit heavy or something like, that. <laughs> like it was very, it was very just that was it on it pretty much just like the odd little comment. Um, it gets a bit daft at some points where they're bringing out ladders and stuff, and he's like diving off a ten foot ladder or whatever it is, and it's like into boxes. Yeah, like very clearly set up gimmicked boxes. You know, it's very obvious. Um, maybe not as obvious as uh, when Jericho went on that like landing pad, but. <laughs> Or Sammy Guevara, yeah. Off the, uh, off the, well, you can't even call it a K. Well, it's just, it's like a war games gimmick, isn't it? But, war games um, thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they go to the end of the boiler room, don't they? And then they like they go, oh shit, we're out of rooms. So they just, sort of, just sort of make their way back to the entrance. It was such an odd, odd match. Um, I mean, it's a fire extinguisher spots like. You know, yeah, that, that gets over to be fair. Even the crowd got up for that, <laughs> they were silent think, as well. Do you think this was their like first foray into when it'd be a bit more like ECW? Yeah, probably. 
obviously but Mick I, Foley's I, synonymous, isn't he, with stuff oh, like yeah. that? Oh, so. yeah. I don't remember anything similar. I mean, you had that Hollywood backlot brawl at, at Mania with Goldust and Piper, which wasn't really CW. That was more like a, their first cinematic match, whatever they mm. fucking call it. I just, yeah, I, they got pallets out. Pallets are out. Low blow with plastic tubing. Some just really, then they used a shutter, throw him into the shutter. Um, and then he hits Taker with a piece of wood, doing more than Jim Duggan ever did with, with his piece of wood. <laughs> he never used you any know, gimmick. Always used tape. <laughs> you've got, you've got a bag tape. of wood, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the tamest match those two ever had. Yeah, it's it is a little bit considering the like the whole gimmick behind it. They built up as like this like crazy match. It was it was much to do with nothing, wasn't it? It was very flat. I don't know if that's I don't know if that's just me. Um, I don't know if it's looked upon fondly. I can't imagine it is though. To be fair, I don't think it is. No, um, I'll be honest with you. It was I thought it got better as they were escaping the room, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying I liked it when he went into the hallway. I, I didn't mind that bit as much. I thought that was okay. Um, yeah, it's sort of like Foley pull, like Taker goes to open the door, Foley pulls him back in and escapes, and then he barricades Taker in. Obviously, Taker bursts through because he's superhuman. Um, it's essentially, yeah, but it essentially becomes like a human wacky races then. He's yeah, like, like in, the mad rush to the ring. Yeah, pours a parent hot coffee on him. One hot coffee. Obviously not. Um, <laughs> they brawl down the aisle. They're like, shit, 32-inch tellies at ringside. <laughs> um, Taker's into the steps. He exposes, fully exposes the concrete and pile drives Taker. Should have just left it at that. Uh, he, like I said, yeah. he gets better in the arena. Bear won't give him the urn. Foley uh, puts mandible claw on, on and Bear laughs. Bearer and Mankind are t- uh, together then. Bearer slaps Taker. Um, it's it's a credit to these two that they made this into something half decent. Mm. And the heel turn adds more layers to some to something that became an absolute top-tier feud over the years. Um, yeah. It, it got a lot better towards the end, do you know what I mean? It was I didn't think yeah, it was the, great, but it got a hell of a lot better. It was half decent by the end, I think. Yeah, the the start was was I found it I found it a bit shit to watch really. I was just sitting there thinking, ah, I was expecting better than this. And then like as you say, when you get towards the end of it there was a there was an angle off the back of it like this with the Paul Bearer thing. Um yeah. it it sort of it, it it felt like it was right, okay, we've got something from it at least. Um and again, like mankind gets the better of Taker, so they, they, I mean they really did put like a lot of weight behind Mick Foley, didn't they? Like I know there's this like yeah, off the bat, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know there's this thing where it's like a lot of like I know Vince isn't there anymore, but a lot of people always say that Vince never really put people over from other places. It's not necessarily true. There are there are like historical times where he, where he did do that. Um, people like Mick Foley in particular, like he's sort of like. Yeah. everything Vince didn't want, isn't he? Like body type, personality and things like that. And he just sort of got there just from really working his he, ass off. He was backed by people like Cornet and JR to the point mm. where like Vince was, I think Vince probably went all in him and said, you know, if this fucks up, this is on you. Mm. But I mean, that's just me surmising, but 
you know, he, he knocked it out of the park constantly for years. He's yeah. just superb. And I think then uh, Vince grew to get it and understand it and like him. So Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, got to, love, got to love a bit of Mick Foley. I've got nothing but good things to say about him and possibly, from what I can gather, one of the nicest blokes in the history of wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he just seems well, like a really good guy. Well, then we moved on to uh, henceforth to the main event. Um, so we get um, we get Doc Doc Hendricks, Vader, and Jimmy Cornette in the back. Yeah. We've just witnessed one of the most shocking things in World Wrestling Federation history, and I know you guys intend on shocking 20,000 people in the Gund Arena and millions across the world by ending Shawn Michaels' boyhood dream in his championship reign. I don't care if there's 50,000 stinking people out there. It's going to make no difference. Shawn Michaels, we've proved a lot of things. We've proved that Vader can pin you for a three count because he did it last month. We've proved that he can beat you up because he did it on Raw. And now, tonight at SummerSlam, we're going to prove that Vader's going to beat you when it counts, and that's for the World Wrestling Federation title. I promised last month Camp Cornette would win. I'm promising tonight that Vader is going to beat Shawn Michaels. Shawn, when he grabs you around the neck and you try to talk, then your voice is going to sound like Peter Frampton's electronic kazoo in the instrumental break. And do you feel like we do? And it's going to be a bad ride from there because one way or another, we're going to come out on top tonight. Vader's beating Shawn Michaels once and for all. I guess we're fixing to find out if it is Vader time. Back to you guys at ringside. Cornette says he's going to prove that Vader can win it when it counts because obviously he's, he's, he's beat him sort of before. And then he drops a Peter Frampton's electronic kazoo reference in, which was wacky. No idea um, what I Going to make your voice sound like Peter Frampton's electronic kazoo. Um, I'm going to have to check this tune out for the electronic kazoo just to see if his voice does. Uh, I thought it was a corker by Cornet, as usual. You know, the guy talks at a million miles an hour, never misses a beat, all yeah. off the top of his head. You know, there's not many better, is there, to be fair? No, he's top of his game and he's just quality. Um, like you said, you said he said, he just does so well at putting over his talent. That, well, he's not his talent, but he's the guy he's working with, doesn't he? Like, you don't, you don't necessarily need to put, you know, Vader over that much, but it just... No. It, but you know, just adds that weight. Um, so yeah, we got that little back pa- backstage package, not package. The interview, sorry. Uh, and we get and uh, Sean Michaels versus the Mastodon. <laughs> um, don't you mean fucking Vader? <laughs> I do mean it's fucking Vader. <laughs> um. <laughs> and, and funny you should say that <laughs> he comes out Vader and, and McMahon's first line is he, he is a mastodon and all this <laughs> exactly and he never calls him Vader he calls him the man they call Vader yeah <laughs> he can't he doesn't like that it, he got sort of that sort of decision got took away from him by the sounds of it <laughs> oh man uh, he looks mint though Vader he looks like a genuine fucking monster doesn't he yeah he's fucking scary isn't he? he's massive man He's got like that big like gut, but he's like he's quite quick in he for a big guy. Yeah. Lovely touch for a big man. <laughs> I say I say a big guy, like he's a, he's obscenely big. Like he's like what is he like four hundred, five hundred pounds or like that? Like, it's a walking wardrobe, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, like that like there's big and then there's that. Like he's massive. Um 
Cornet resplendent in powder blue and yellow. Horrifically beautiful. <laughs> Tennis racket in hand. Um, it's always yeah. nice to watch a bit of Cornet in it. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so that's that's uh, old Vader coming out. And then Michaels comes out. He, he got a big pop, to be fair to him. Um, pretty big anyway. Not as, not quite as big as Psycho Sids. Um, but he's uh, accompanied by La- Jose Lafario again. Um, I still don't understand that bearing. <laughs> it just he's, seems yeah, odd to me. Trained, that. He trained him, didn't he? He was like, he's supposed to be that sort of like that rock thing figure in the business like, or whatever. Yeah, get up, you son of a bitch, because Mickey loves you, kind of thing. Um, I didn't think he got that big a pop, Michaels, to be fair, uh, uh, initially. Uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. He, it was... I think I'm used to the pops when the music hits, and it, the pop didn't come till it came out, if you know what I mean. Obviously, yeah. you know, modern, modernised, um, looking at it. But, I mean, there was some good stuff. With, I mean, Cornet without his glasses looks fucking weird. I'll never, <laughs> yeah. I'll never, I'll never get used to that. Um, JR makes good points about uh, the longer it goes, the better it is for Sean. Yeah, because the cardio and stuff like that. You see uh, Vader picking up the steps and throwing them just because he could. Just random, that, wasn't it? Just, like, just to show he's he's a bit strong. Everyone could lift the steps, though, to be fair. <laughs> I'm sure I could. <laughs> yeah, me too. Vince absolutely creams over Michael's, doesn't he? Absolutely creams over him. I mean, he's just matching what he did in real life, isn't he? So, like, that's it's easy for him. That that's so easy for him commenting on a Michael's match. <laughs> See, with 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 Michael's, I I've got like like you didn't get Sid as a babyface. I don't get Michael's as a babyface in completely different ways because he's such a sleazy, cheesy bastard. It's just he's he's is that he's got. Is that not brought on though? But what you know about him now, though, like at the time he was like the uber babyface. I thought. No, but if you if you listen to him in, in in interviews and stuff, he's just a sarcastic prick. And uh, there's a bit I can't remember what pay per view he might even be on the, on this one at some point or in the TV. He's doing an interview and Lefario stood there and he says nothing. Lefario, like Michaels does a promo, and then when it's finished, he just turns uh he turns around and goes, "Well done, Jose." You know, like Cunty, yeah. Cunty. <laughs> And, and I think Cornet Cornet says that um, that Michaels was a bit of a prick to Lefario, wasn't he? At some points, he's a bit of a prick to every fucker. Hmm. And he, and if someone come out dressed like that, would that be a babyface to you? Fucking eyesore. He was he was for a long time though. Even like when he was older, he was with not the similar gear, but where wore the chaps and stuff, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it just make it makes Sting's jacket look quality. Yeah, but Mike, Mike yeah, Michaels is fucking twenty times better than Sting in the ring. I don't, you know, what I mean, no matter what you think about oh, Michaels obviously. as a personality, like, Michaels had so much more charisma and quality about him than Sting. Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> but he was he was one of the worst drawing champions in history. It was a shit time for the business, I guess, wasn't it? <laughs> for them anyway, because they were they weren't at the best then. Brett, Brett drew it all right. Same. Brett was better. Brett was better. <laughs> Infinitely better, better babyface. Uh, then we get a close up of old Vader. It looks like fucking Sean dies with a thyroid problem. It's horrendous. He does. 
and he's going to get, get a Sean, Sean Dyche look-alike reference there. Oh, he does, does. He's been eating his bricks, he's been eating his nails. He likes a 4-4-2 with his mate. He does, he likes Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes up top. <laughs> oh dear, that's quality, that. <laughs> so, what did you think of the first portion of the match, Mark? Um... Well, it's quite it's quite infamous this match, isn't it? For a couple it of is. things, um, a couple is. of reasons. Mainly, Michaels is antics. Um, at yep. Some later on in the match, um, I thought it was okay. It was like that sort of like David v Goliath type match. Obviously, the, Michaels is what less than half the size of him in terms of weight. Must be give. It must yeah. be about two fifty, oh, yeah. three hundred pounds yeah. heavier than him, something like that. I mean, Vader's massive. He's not four hundred. I think he's probably about one hundred and fifty pounds or more. I reckon. Which yeah, is, he's big. Yeah, he's um, a big lad. And 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 they they did sort of play into it. Like it, it was it was a good contrast of like the big big power, like serious power versus quickness and agility and speed. Um, and that was the only way they could do it, really. Vader always, you always felt like Vader was going to just dig in a shot or something like that, and he was always going to take, he was always going to try and set the tempo in the match. Yeah. I didn't mind it that much, to be fair, as a match, like for the first, like it got a bit shit towards the end, but like, I didn't mind it as much because it was, it was quite a very easy story to tell. Like I said before, like the sort of the David V. Goliath type thing, it's like it works in that sense. Um, but also in that sense as well, when you look at it objectively, there's no way Michaels would ever hurt someone like Vader. Like it, like, do you know what I mean? Like, you, if yeah. you get lost in it, you can get into the story. But when you look at it, like, when you take a sit, step step back and look at it, like, we're talking about not even like Vader looks like he's or from another planet. He's that big. He's yeah. just ridiculous. Even um, more egregious in Gresham, Claudio. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not as bad as that. Joe, <laughs> no, um, wound me up a little bit. Go so on. it starts off with um, with a lockup, obviously, and Vader starts working him over. You know, a bit too stiff for old HBK, and then he sweeps sweeps Vader's leg, and yeah. he's off, off his feet. The whole point too early. Later, too early. Well, yeah, yeah. The whole point was trying to get him off his feet. About ten minutes later. And it's like you've already got him off his fucking feet. Do you know what I mean? It's it was it was stupid. Um, there's a nice slide to outside uh, to send Vader outside, and then he does a, he does a massive dive shot. Of Michael's it looked mint and it was fucking spontaneous. Are you watching Young Bucks? <laughs> I know that's it. That that they're, they're where that's where dives can work, aren't they? Where it just you just get yeah. out of nowhere. And especially and when you've got a big the, target like Vader to hit. <laughs> well, exactly. Then he does the Hogan shirt rip, pretend thing. Yeah. Um, and he's, but then then you think, all right, well he's doing the dive in the first sort of three minutes. But is that because he's pulling out all, all the stops early because he has to beat Vader and he knows that he's got a up his game like fuck? I guess. Hmm. I guess so. But like 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 they said on commentary though, surely it makes more sense to like just stick in it. Use use your yeah. like naturally he's gonna have better stamina, isn't he? So like, yeah, you, you you can sort of deviate from the storyline with stuff like that when going too fast too quick. Um, Biggest pop of the night for me though. What, what popped me? Sorry, I'll, I'll, dig, I'll digress here. But um, Cornet 
pops up and then Michaels pops up and Corner absolutely shits it and runs away. It was fucking hilarious, man. It Screams like a little girl. Yeah, it was my <laughs> absolute pop of the night. Um, because do I do apologise for interrupting. Proceed. <laughs> no, I, I, I was actually about to mention that where he sort of he did one too many, did he? Like he went for a dive and then that's when Cornette sort of shot himself, and then Gaveda hit him with a pretty safe looking power bond. To be fair, he put him down quite slowly. Um, so. I, I, I mean, it still looked quite impactful coming from a big bloke, so that's fine. Um, Before that, he evaded the power bomb with a hurricane runner. It was possibly the slowest hurricane runner I've ever seen. Yeah, that was seen. slow. That it was really was... slow. <laughs> There's one of them things where it's like hurricane runner with Vader. Maybe you just leave that off. Do you know what I mean, like it's not like something he's going to be able to take. Well, is it? <laughs> no. Well, the power bomb—that was like the first time in the match that Vader actually looks a threat because it was all Michaels from the off. Yeah, which yeah. which was weird. It was a weird dynamic, I thought. Yeah, it was a little bit because it sort of it, it, they they sort of did it wrong way around, didn't they? It should have been should have been Vader dominating early, and then Michaels sort of is able to weather the storm and get back into it, but. It, yeah, it, it was a slightly strange decision booking wise on that bit. Um, Vader carries Michael up the steps and just dumps him in the ring. That was nice. I think he just sort of he took a bit. he's not showing off. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I think he, he might have. He may have taken a liberty or two there and just dumped him in. That was quite funny. Um, it's a really stiff. yeah. I mean, he was though, wasn't he? I mean, Cornet said that in interviews that he was stiff. Like that's just who he was. He's a big fucking guy. Um, yeah. Hits a Vader hits a really nice like high impact suplex, and this is when he starts to sort of he starts to take over a little bit um, after yeah. that sort of really fast start. Um, Michaels does his classic little oversell in the corner, you know, and he flips onto the top turn muck. He goes outside on the second one. Um, That's his classic corner bumping it like Flair's got his. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it, it looks quite good, doesn't it? <laughs> I'll, I'll give him that. Um, you know, everyone goes on how good a seller is, and he is. But I just think sometimes he just takes it too far with the seller. He's one of the, he's obviously with that. There's the infamous Hogan thing where it's like, yeah, he will he will take it into his own hands how much he'll do it. Like especially if yeah, he's yeah. in there with somebody he's not really enjoying working with, he'll try and make him look stupid. And I think Nash has said that a few times in interviews where it's like, you know, I. I you know, if I'm if Shawn Michaels doesn't like you, we'll try and make you look stupid in the ring. And it's, I mean, it's unprofessional in it, but it's just he's it's fucking just, massively unprofessional. Um, it's just who he is. Um, My, Michael tries to sort of skin the cat when he's getting back in. Vader grabs him, throws him back in the middle, gets a two. Yeah, um, it takes a good beating though. To be fair, Michaels, you know. Oh yeah, you can ragdoll him. Can't you? you can ragdoll him a bit, which is good. Um, Mike, then we get to the infamous, the infamous spot. You know, Michaels go, goes up top. He's hit. He sort of hits his running elbow and all his like classic and stuff, and he's setting up the elbow, um, setting up the elbow drop from the top. Yeah, um, lands on his feet, boots Vader in the head, and says, "Does he say move, move you stupid idiot, or something like that? Or move, move you dickhead, oh, move yeah, so... yeah. um, <laughs> I mean, that's the the. The clip that, if you haven't seen it already, of Cornette talking about that, um, it's very funny. 
Um, yeah. But it sort of just, I, I mean, why why do that? I just I don't really understand why he does stuff like that. I mean, he hit an, he hit an elbow drop later on in the match that was arguably further away than that. So I don't know what was wrong yeah. with it. I, I don't know. Um, Maybe he's it too goes, close. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And then it goes outside, and Vader sort of press slams Michael into the guardrail, and and it got counted out. I was like, what? I didn't even hear a ten. I didn't even hear the ref counted. I was well, like, I like, it's a bit a bit quick. <laughs> Yeah, like, I was like, that's a quick count. Because I thought he would... I, originally, when I heard the bell, I was like, is he DQ'd in there for the guardrail? I was like, oh, that'll be... Yeah, I thought so. Um, but um, then was a count. And then, then Cornette starts screaming he doesn't want a count out. He wants the title while Sean's out selling. No, no! no but he hasn't minute, won! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Cut that music off! Stop it! Hold on! Hold on! We came here to win the title! We don't want it like that! We don't want it like that! We came here to win the title! Shawn Michaels, if you've got any guts, get back in here! Referee, start this thing over again! We want to fight! Well, I think Shawn Michaels would be a bit foolish to do that, actually. And uh, Cornet calls him gutless. Um, The the commentary makes out like he's absolutely fucked, Michaels. Yeah. Um, Perfect just laughs, which made me laugh. Um... (laughs) They say Cornet. that he's, it'd be wise not to go back in, don't they, and stuff like that. That's and... it. Cornet rackets him. Big splash and a belly to belly for two. Uh, fucking Vader takes... It's fucking Vader! He takes forever <laughs> on the power bomb, uh, and it's countered to an absolute huge pop. Um, it's a classic Michaels comeback. Runs the ropes, flying far around, kip up, up top. Elbow hits, he tunes up the band. And old Cornet's in, distracting... Uh, he throws the racket in, but uh, Michaels gets the racket, which is not what he wanted to happen. Uh, he lamps Vader. Um, Hebner calls to the belt, and he absolutely batters Cornet with that racket. Fucking <laughs> batters him. Fucking him. <laughs> and uh, Vader wins by DQ. There's like fucking five refs in. Jerry Briscoe, Tony Garea, Pat Patterson, Rene Goulet's in. They're all fucking Everyone's there. In. What did you reckon for that little uh, short, short little segment? I mean, why? <laughs> why? Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand why we have to do like why we restarting it twice. There's just no need for it. Um, I mean, it was quite mind, funny. Just, it was quite funny. It was quite funny watching Cornet just get nailed by the racket. To Absolutely, be fair, yeah. I was like pissing myself with that. Bit, to be fair. Um, it was it it was it was good though, like with like everyone spilling to the ring. It like I did like good drama to it. I, I didn't mind that yeah. bit, you know, like all that yeah, the officials yeah. and stuff like that. I, I didn't mind that. Um, but Cornet didn't like that at all, did he? Let's be honest. No, he even mentioned it in a shoot interview. Like, um, oh, I didn't like Vader working too stiff with him. Well, you certainly fucking didn't mind lumping me with a racket or something. Didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> um, so he, he grabs the mic again, doesn't he? Let's have a winner! Let's have a winner! I dare you! I double dog dare you, you stinking coward! 
Yeah, and then he says um, he, de- he got DQ'd on purpose so he could keep hold of your ban- belt. Uh, he said, you've got no guts again. Let's have a winner. Fucking dares him. Uh, <laughs> double dog dares him, to be fair. Uh, monsoons <laughs> in, and then it uh, kicks off again. Starts it hot, doesn't he, Michaels? Again, like he comes in yeah. with some serious pace. He, he hits the elbow drop pretty much instantly after like some stuff in the corner. Tunes up the band, switch of music, but he kicks out. So, I don't know, yeah. don't know if anyone had kicked out of it at that point. Um, don't think anyone I think even was perfect said it. <laughs> I think even perfect said that's the first time I've ever seen anyone kick out of it. So. I think I someone mean, might have kicked out of it when he was sort of underneath baby, uh, underneath heel when he just started going solo, but not when he yeah. was in an event, I don't think. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. But to be fair, like even though Michaels was a prick, this, this match doesn't necessarily harm Vader in the fact that he literally had it, he like beat him twice pretty much with like certain circumstances and he kicked out of his finish and stuff like that. And potentially um, he gets a visual pin because there's a ref bump and he does yeah. a power bomb. There's no ref, and he only gets two. But obviously, the new ref comes in. He had him down two, for about six, seconds. seven seconds, didn't he? Something like that. Yeah, of course, he did. Yeah. So it's a visual, visual win, I guess. Um, he drags uh, Michael to the corner. He goes for a splash off the second corner. It says, "Uh, uh-uh, top rope, mate." Um, so he does a moonsault, fat boy moonsault, and uh, and Sean moves. Yeah. And then old uh, Sean does possibly the stiffest moonsault I've ever seen, catches him <laughs> flush in the face with his knee because um, Vader's like running at him as he does it. It was uh, I don't think even that was Michaels' fault. That was Vader just like fucking running for him. Bit he eager. Gets three for, yeah, gets three for him. I like the finish. Point. I like the finish, to be fair, because it was unexpected. Yeah. I didn't mind the whole thing, to be fair. I thought it was interesting... It make I get yeah it probably didn't make a whole lot of sense restarting it but I've seen matches that do that before and and you know Cornet's such a fucking dislikable prick anyway like he's like I want to win it I want to win it this way I want to win it that way but really I'll win it on the sly because you know yeah. you, you you got DQ'd last time because I was trying to cheat and it, I, I don't know I thought it was diff- I thought it was I different. think it's I think it's an all right match like I don't think it's bad at all. I think it got better. I think it got better as it went on. I thought it was started off quite slow, and the psychology with with uh, Michaels being on top and getting him on his on his back in the first minute was a bit weird. Um, mm. But it, it definitely made, got better. I, you're right. I think it made Vader look a bit weak at the start, and I think he got but towards the end because he had the visual pain. I think it didn't hurt him really, but I don't think he ever worked with Michaels again. I think from what I can gather from what Cornette said. Um, because really, we've only really got Cornet's shit to go on on this because, um, and Vader's because I don't think Michaels has really spoken about it. But, um, Cornet said, I think he was supposed to drop the belt. No, I think he was supposed to drop the belt and then win it back at, at the Rumble in his hometown, like the big sort of thing. But, um, he, he refused to work with Vader again because he's too stiff, apparently. So. Right. So he was about, he was supposed to drop the belt to Vader. Apparently so, yeah. I mean, you can see that. I mean, Vader'd make a decent heel champion, you know, mm-hmm. for 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 underneath like sort of smaller baby face to to vanquish. To yeah, that's it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I thought the match was decent enough. It wasn't. It wasn't great. It's not the best Michaels match you'll ever see. It's definitely, and it's definitely not the best Vader match you'll ever see. Um, so all in all, 
it, I don't think it was that good at pay-per-view. I mean, it was crap. To be honest, I thought it was really poor, actually. Um, I, think, I, think it was, I think it was a load of shite bookended by a two, decent, decent opener and a, and a decent main event, but the main event wasn't as good as you thought it might be. Yeah. Yeah, I was really let down by, like, in particular, Taker Mankind. Like, for that first 15 minutes, yeah. it was a real slog. It got better, but, like, and then everything else was crap. Like, the tag match was terrible. Um, yeah, the gold dust match was, was rubbish. Um, was there anything else? Laurel, I can't Laurel, Laurel and Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of shit on it, wasn't there? Um, but, you know. <laughs> The, the last one was quite good, wasn't it? The last pay-per-view we watched wasn't bad. Um, King of the Ring had some good stuff in it, yeah. I think a lot of that, I mean, don't get me wrong, like the like the Take a Mankind match is really good. The, the Austin Merrow match was all right. And, and I think I think a lot of that was us. The angle. Came at the end. Yeah, the angle made it. It really topped off um, yeah. the pay-per-view. This, this didn't really have much to, to do that. It didn't... It's, it was always leave the fans going home happy with the Michaels win, obviously, but it wasn't it wasn't as good as it could be. I mean, I thought the card was, you know, pretty poor. Savio Owen was really nice little opener, you know, just what you're after. But and the main event was was all right, but the rest of it was pretty woeful. Yeah. I mean, three two thirds of the Take of Mankind thing was shite, yeah. absolute shite. No, you're not wrong. Definitely agree. Um, I mean, we'll go to our, uh, as usual, our post-pay-per-view, post-show awards. Um, first of all, match of the night. I mean, it's slim pickings, really, isn't it? I'm going to say that. I think the main event just edged the opener simply because it was the main event and it had more on the, the line. importance of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, I have to agree with that. Yeah. My, I agree I mean, like, MVP. if... if Sorry, cool. if the no, if the Owen Hart Vega match had like something like because from what I can gather it was a very cold match, wasn't it? There was no real sort of feud to it or anything like that. Yeah, um, that could have won it, but it was just that that sort of level of importance behind the main event just 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 edges it for me. What um, about your uh, MVP then? I have to give the MVP to. I wasn't particularly fond of the match he was in, as we mentioned before, but I have to give it to Mick Foley. I, think you, yeah, um, I was about to say, you've got the same as me there, yeah. <laughs> uh, mankind, Mick Foley. Um, I mean, he was tri- pulling triple duty at one point when he was involved in all sorts. Um, That's it. But he, he's just great. Every time you go back and watch Mick Foley, you realise how fucking good he is. Um, yeah, he was and you just, you just realise how underappreciated he is. I know he's like a Hall of Famer and all that and, and things like that, but yeah, um, he was he wasn't really like respected as well as the rest of them. Um, it's like it's like the DX thing, and everyone goes on about Michaels and Helmsley in the Attitude Era. No, I think I think Foley was such a bigger part of the massively. reason. Obviously, obviously, Rock and Austin was the reason, the main reason. But I think um, it was like Rock Austin, then it was Taker Foley, wasn't it? Pretty Foley, much. yeah, they, 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 those four. And you got you got to put Helmsley in there a little bit, you know. Helmsley was a good heel DX. champion for a bit, to be fair. Once he got away from the sort of DX thing, but Michaels really didn't have any input to it. I mean, the Attitude Era. Some people say it started at, 
at, at WrestleMania 14 when when Austin won the belt. Some people say it started with the with the King of the Ring promo or the and the sort of Austin Pillman stuff because it all got a bit more edgy. Really, Michaels wasn't fucking that much to do with it. DX no. was like a, just just a footnote, really, because DX didn't get super hot until Michaels went home and, and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Waltman came in. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. so definitely. I, Foley, Foley was top-notch tonight, even if the match... He, he did the best to get... He did his best to get him and take a, to get what they could out of that match. We were absolutely... We are giving the shits. And it did get better towards the end. Uh, yeah. Obviously, he's, he's he's working on all fronts, Mick Foley. He's like a, a modern-day <laughs> renaissance man. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. So, the uh, Disco Duggan Hart Award, FKA Dick of the Day... There's only one man I can give it to, and that's uh, Shawn Michaels for his unprofessionalism and his fucking cunty behaviour. That's, that's <laughs> the only person I can think of, really, because he was um, a genuine dick. Yeah, you could give you could give it to King as well. Yeah, but he's he's just he's like a caricature dick, isn't he? It's like <laughs> it's not even real. It's just he's so. He's so Memphis. It's like this overblown, fucking ridiculous shite. It's yeah. You giving it to Michaels? I, I'll give it to King to be fair. He just pissed me off oh. so much in that fucking match. <laughs> That's fair enough. Ban of the night. I've got. I've got two. Who is your ban of the night? Yeah, Billy Gunn's got to be one of him with his boys' own hair, <laughs> and uh, the the King and Lawler's rat tail mullet. Oh yeah, that's horrendous. Awful. Both are. <laughs> they could share it. I mean, they could share it. You know, yeah, that's horrendous. Who was your Barnet? Them two. Probably, yeah. I, was, I, I forgot about Lawler's horrific mullet, to be fair. I don't know how I forgot, but. It's just peeking I, out of the crown. It's like a it's like a little small fucking fairy animal. It's just like, just, just buzz it, but just leave that bit at the back here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are you sure? Are you sure, Jerry? Yeah, it's going to look good. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll, I'll give it to him and Billy. They can share it this time. <laughs> He's fucking horrific. Um, all right, so that is us done with SummerSlam 1996. It's in the book. Uh, this is something that we'll probably do every every now and then with, with the WWF stuff. It's just interesting to pop over. So um, where do you sort of see any similarities or differences with the two products at the moment? I mean, I, I you mentioned before something about in-ring in the WWF, but... I don't know. It's 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 such a jarring watching, just sort of juxtaposition. It's like watching WCW. It's it's a lot more intense and serious, and you've got big angles. And then the WWF just yeah. like a bit daft. No, I, I know what what I meant when I, I think we said that off sort of off stream, didn't we? And what I meant yeah. was it was like it, it felt like there was no storyline. It was very much focused on the in ring stuff. Like yeah. there was no like none of the matches really apart from the Taker Mankind match. None of the matches had any bits really. Yeah. I mean, even that was like it was alluded to a little bit, but it's like whereas like what you're saying then, WCW felt very real with the NWO stuff, and it was like quite. It was it was definitely on more on the pulse of what people wanted to watch, and you can see why people were tuned into that more than this. I think. Um, Definitely, and yeah. I just don't think I don't think even though we we don't like Hogan, we don't particularly like you know the Giant or whatever else. But they also Wouldn't WCW touch. had WCW had Flair, they had Arn, they had Nash, they had Hogan, they had Hall. 
uh, even Sting, to be fair, is a star, isn't he? That's like seven yeah. or eight stars on the on a pay per view that you pretty much get every time. Whereas this yeah. had what Michaels, 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 and Taker and Mankind. That's it. No one else and you could I'd, say I'd, really. I'd, I'd say Vader, but you know, in terms of, but I don't think he'd been treated like a star. You know what yeah. I mean? He's not been put over like a star. Like I mean, it's I think not the, like... the quote was, you know, even Frankenstein had to kill a few villagers be- to get over first. <laughs> get you know over, I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Um, you can't yeah, like, beat him first run and it's like done. You know what I mean? It's weird. Yeah, that's it. Was it Cornette who said that? It's a great line, yeah, to be fair. Pro- pro- probably, because at the end of the day, for this, this specific match, I've only really heard Cornette and Vader talk about it, and Vader's verbiage is fucking instantly forgettable, whereas Cornette's is, because it's so animated and fucking specific and funny, you know, it kind yeah. of sort of sticks in your mind, whereas Vader's is just like, Oh yeah, I didn't. Uh, yeah, it was a bit, a bit bad. Uh, one good match, uh, you know. It's, it's very Come on, Leon. <laughs> Bless him. Yeah, it's like, like, like I say that, like they felt like there was more star power on WCW, and I think that's probably that's why they got ahead for so long. Obviously, you got Savage as well, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah Savage. Yeah, forgot about Savage. I mean, I mean, they're aging, aren't they? The roster's aging, but like in terms of house, household names, they they've got them all pretty much. Whereas, like, Vince, it's a lot Vince of, was transitioning, all, wasn't he? Yeah, other than sort of Flair and Arn, all the, all the big names on Thingy are all Vince's old big names. Well, yeah, that's what I think. I think that's probably why people tuned it, tuned over there, didn't they? They went like, oh, I used to love watching Hogan. I go see what he's up that's to. It. But then you obviously have a genuinely hot angle in the NWO, which is, you know, I, even I, even those watching it now, I, I do want to see what happens with it next. So I can, I can understand why they got momentum. Um, it's funny that, isn't it? Uh, all your biggest stars are Vince's old biggest stars. I wonder where, you know, yeah. some other some other people do that these days as well. So <laughs> maybe not to uh, as much success though. Eh? Um, well, you never know. We'll see. We'll see how Helmsley uh, pulls it out of the fucking bag. So, you have to see. Well, what do you reckon then? Was there was there anything that I mean? There's a lot of similarities with like the shitty DQ finishes as well, like. Like the, I think that's just the late nineties trope in it. It's like the fucking mm. ref bumps and the and the and the not the referee inconsistency, not clocking certain stuff and Yeah, um, I think lazy I think, stuff in it. I just find I find Vince's very Vince's stuff very sanitized at the moment. You know, yeah. obviously it changes. Um it's both the both of them are quite glitzy and glamoury. I mean, fucking the pyro on nitro is ridiculous. Um, Vince Vince on commentary just doesn't work. I think nitro probably got better commentators. As much as I don't like Bischoff, I think he's a better commentator than he's Vince. He's definitely better than Vince. He's 100% um, better than Vince. I mean, it's not hard, like, is it? But... I don't know, but you've got... Vince makes me laugh so much. It's like you've got literally pro- probably the best commentator of all time. As you is your colour guy on the on the on your on the left hand side and you, you're fucking oh what a maneuver and all this shit. And yeah, I mean I don't know, I find I I find myself enjoying WCW a lot more now than, than when we watched WWF stuff. Obviously yeah. that's probably gonna change. But um you can see why Nitro was gain you know, was doing numbers and and sort of Elevated yeah. past them for the time. It was much more. It was a much more interesting show. 
Yeah, you because you had that unpredictability, didn't it, about it? Like, there was... Yeah. Uh, they, they definitely had their fingers on the pulse so much better than Vince did at this point. He could tell Vince... You know, to be fair to... Like, Vince sort of just... Like, he just... He got a bit lucky, didn't he, with what, he, what came from it? Like, Austin, Rock, yeah. like, all of them coming around at the same time. I mean, WCW... And the Scrooge when yeah. becoming the biggest heel on the planet, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 everything sort of fell into place for him, and because he was, they were struggling at this point. You know, they were, they were getting battered every week, weren't they? Pretty much on ratings. Yeah. They're probably still out, do, still doing well on like house shows and stuff like that, but um, TV ratings were quite big at the time, weren't they? So, I mean, I'll give Bischoff credit; he had the foresight to do it, but I think a lot of it, a lot of it was down to, I think. Some of it was down to Kevin Sullivan. I think a lot of it was down to Hall and Nash's input when they came in, and, yeah. and made it a bit more real. Yeah, real and sort of like, but then like that's a juxtaposition. You've got that that angle which is sort of real, but then you've got Hogan who makes it cartoony, and then you show him fucking glacier packages, and it's like fuck's sake, man, and all this, <laughs> yeah. and, you, and that fucking. Leprechaun thing that they put out the other week, the week before. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not shown up again, though, has he? Let's be fair. No, <laughs> Luckily. Like, pick, pick, pick one of the other, mate. You know, yeah. it, was, it was an odd. Uh, anyway, uh, next week we're back on the uh, WCW Road to Fall Brawl War Games. We've got the 26th of August 1996 next week. Uh, and then there's only two more Nitros after that until we see. Uh, See the see if the wooden tops and the horsemen can coexist. So I'm assuming there's going to be some interesting, interesting carry on in the next next three uh, next three nitros to see uh, will they won't they sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, it should be interesting. We're getting looking getting forward that. to it. We're, actually, yeah, we uh, we've got a few bonus uh, things in the pipeline for you in the next couple of weeks as well. Uh, we won't be going over to. 96 WWF for a while. Um, I don't think we're going to drop in for maybe another couple of months, but um, yeah, we're going to go do a few bonuses uh, next week and the week after for you. Uh, bit of current stuff. And um, then we've got, uh, like we alluded to last week, if you listened, um, we're looking to maybe go further back in time to the old Crockett NWA early days of WCW um, and see what some of the guys that were watching now were like in the prime. In the heyday, yeah. <laughs> in the heyday, yeah. Um, and maybe see what some of the guys were watching now were like when they weren't in the fucking prime as well. So, um, <laughs> two, two in particular. Um, <laughs> so, if, if you like if you like what we're doing, great. Leave a comment, leave a like on... Uh, on the various platforms. Any we're questions, welcome to answer them as well. Yeah, I'm sure we're going to get a few in the, in the coming days. Um, <laughs> just because of interactions we've had recently. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to interact with us on Twitter, um, it's at AdjectivePod. Uh, we're there most of the time. We're quite active. Uh, we post bits and bobs on there. If you want to, If you want to ask us a question, you want to... You know, ask us a question for the broadcast. That's great. Uh, if not, that's fine too. Just carry on listening. Yeah, we're doing. We're, we're liking the numbers. We seem to be getting. You know, like a nice little, nice little bunch of people uh, listening who, who enjoy what we do, which is great. You know, we do this because we just like shooting the shit and watching and watching all wrestling and and you know, raving about it or lampooning it or whatever. And 
And yeah. yeah, if people like us, people like us, great. If you don't, that's fine. But you know, we're going to still do this because we're uh, we're suckers for the uh, for the old mid nineties wrestling. Um, have you got any further business, Mark? No, no, everything covered. I think. So I will cover the end of this with two words: Dicky Slater. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>